Match day one, Atletico Ottawa one, HFX Wanderers one. Home opener undefeated streak continues. A little bit disappointed that we couldn't come away with all three points, but at least we got the one. Some referee funnery to talk about, and you know what? Just strap in. This is a long one. Welcome back to a new season of ATO after the whistle. After the Whistle, the official podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan every Tuesday, all season long, giving you reactions, analysis, and hot takes. Patty, we're back, baby. How are you doing? We are back, baby. Back for season number two with me and you, but four overall. There you go. (laughs) Johnny and I are proud to bring you guys another season of hot takes, cold beers, and most importantly, our own mediocre and totally 100% unbiased analysis with ATO (laughs) after the whistle. Season four. (laughs) Totally not biased at all. We don't lean one way or another towards any team in the entire league. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 2023 CPL season kicked off this weekend. Saturday, triple header. Triple header. Yeah, West Coast Derby, Van. Did you watch new... all the games? I did. I did watch yeah. all the games. Nice. Yeah. Um I I stayed up extra late to watch the stupid Vancouver Pacific game. Um because for Jesus, me that's like time crazy that? I don't I don't even know. It's like <laughs> it's fucking 9 hours. <laughs> it's yeah, something yeah, no, stupid. It was, it was a Saturday. It's fine. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So we had uh, the uh, the West Coast Derby, which is a, yeah. a one nil victory for the Tridents. I think a lot of people saw that coming. You know, Vancouver coming into the league with new season, or sorry, new team, new yeah. coach, new staff. You know, it's a uh, it's tough for an expansion team, I think, to to come in with a W, especially against Pacific. We'll check this out though. Our first ever game, we didn't lose. So yeah, you know, because you'll never sing us. that. So, didn't lose you your know. first only expansion side to not lose their opening game. Oh man, there we should we should we should have a trophy in our trophy case for that. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or at least another uh, another cardboard banner. cardboard shield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that game. Uh, Forge uh, proving the frauds that they are by absolutely shooting the bet against Cavs, <laughs> uh, which was great to watch. Honestly, um, oh, it's a banger, dude. I, Cavs Forge is like always the best game. <laughs> it, it's always so good. It's always so good, and it's funny because like yeah. the the Canada Premier League one soccer match of the week was was the Pacific Derby or West Coast Derby or whatever, and I was like, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> Everyone yeah, knows it. No, no, it's not. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's 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 Cast Forge, and yeah. I loved so so Forge on paper has looked so good all in the yeah. off season. I think everybody mm-hmm. was real real worried coming into the start of the 2023 season to face Forge, mm-hmm. and yeah. then to see them absolutely donkey it against against the Cavs and and. Credit where credit's due. The Cavs played a great game, but I don't think they played a particularly exceptional game, and they still somehow managed to to draw Forge. Well, you know, a a wonder goal can do that sometimes, right? I mean, like, we got got points at Forge with a wonder goal as well, so... Yeah, but we Sometimes it's the only way you can do it. <laughs> but it was an Ollie Bassett wonder goal, which is like top shelf wonder goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So and then uh, and then obviously we had us clashing with the uh, the, the most the, important a, game. 
Yes, yeah. We were clashing with the uh, Halifax. I love how they started calling them on one soccer, the Vonderers. The Vonderers. Okay, so, like, it's it's really funny because they hate that. I like, know, I love like, it. Because <laughs> they, okay, they'll be like, we only have, like, two of their players and, and like, their coach. And it's I'm technically like, three. That's enough, yes. baby. That's yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if three Plus, of your starting players so well, coach. so I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it is really funny. And like, yeah, they get real salty about it and chapped about it. But I mean, I guess, you know, I can say this because I'm, I'm, you know, I grew up in Nova Scotia and yeah. now I live in Ontario. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's the way it is sometimes, man. You got to yeah. export some of that lovely Ontario talent out, out east. Well, just roll with the punches. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll, be, yeah. Better, and you'll can... be better than last year. Well, oh, they're honestly, I mean, not to spoiler it for later, but there were, I, I'm actually... I'm excited for the Wanderers this year, and as much as I'm like a, a diehard ATO fan, I think it's awesome that there really isn't a team so far that is particularly awful. There's no like, I mean, yes, we're week one, but there's no FC Edmonton where everyone just expects them to to completely shit the bed every week. If anyone is going to follow in those footsteps, it's York. Oh yeah, buddy, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Both with the on-field and with the in-stand. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But uh, but speaking of the stands, uh, TD Place, seven thousand plus fans at the home opener. Incredible stuff. Bananas. Incredible stuff. Yeah, Bananas. Seven thousand forty, or I think, was the official yeah. number. It just which is insane. I know last last season it was like just over four thousand. Yeah, so and we, I know that that was a bit of a, it. it was a. Yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment because the previous season was like twelve thousand, right? But that was that was yep. the pay what you want, where a lot where you could have been for for free. Yeah. And then last season, I think the lowest ticket price was like five dollars or something, and I think this season the lowest was like ten dollars. And the fact that they yeah. raised the price for the pay what you can and still almost doubled the attendance was yeah, it's not incredible. I mean, it goes that, to show how what it goes to show what a winning product can give you, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, again, we yes, we didn't, you know, get the trophy or the microwave plate at the end of the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that the more important thing that we did, and by we, I mean, you know, the supporters' culture in in the capital is mm-hmm. show that the, the the club and the location and all of that, all of that combined, is a viable product that people yeah. will come out to see on a regular basis. I mean, Fernando yeah. tweeted what they season ticket holders were up 35%. Yeah. 35%. I think is what I which saw. is insane. <laughs> like, for, especially for a CPL team. Like, yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. Um, and then obviously on Sunday we had, uh, the, the Valerie York game. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in the airport, like following that on my phone. I wasn't even following the game. I was just following you guys talking about it. And oh, that was, man. The, that was the best way to follow the game. It was, it was like, <laughs> it was like as much as I was disappointed with our draw and I, you know, I was, I, I don't think we, again, we play, uh, spoiler. I don't think we played the best game. Um, yeah. but then to on Sunday to watch York just, man, no matter how good they look on paper, their kit yeah. is beautiful. Like, I give them credit. Yeah. They're the nicest looking team on the field. Yeah. But man, they are still York United. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely, you know, it was definitely a, a sweet way to finish off the weekend. That's oh, yeah. Like, amazing. like I admit as well, a bit disappointing, you know, to, to just get a point. But, uh, yep. Yeah. So to jump right into things, I know we mentioned this in the locker room, but, um, yeah, yeah. Actually approach this? I, I do. Know, I do. Is, yeah. Obviously, it was me and Joey. Shouts out to uh, to Joey. You know, holding it down over the yeah, my boy. The locker room. Thank you, brother. Yep. Yeah. We. Job. Uh, you're. You will always be part of the after the whistle family, Joey. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah. Before we jump into kind of the the game specifics, um, I think that we should address the elephant in the room, and that elephant is actually a man. Uh, <laughs> that man is Dan Duff. 
Um, as many of you guys know, and some of you probably don't, Dan served as president of Capital City Supporters Group. Um, and honestly, like he, along with a lot of the other founders and the hardworking members of the supporters group, um, made Ottawa and Ottawa supporters culture what it is today. Um, and Dan recently made the decision to step away from his role as president of CCSG and he passed the reins to Bryce Crossman to helm CCSG for this season. Um, and obviously his decision wasn't taken lightly. I don't think anyone, you know, takes a decision like that lightly, but I think I speak for both myself and Johnny and Joey and the whole uh, ATO after the whistle cast and crew, uh, <laughs> which is the three of us, um, <laughs> as well as the greater CCSG membership. Uh, when I extend our heartfelt and sincere thanks to Dan uh, for all the blood, sweat and tears he's put into this club uh, and the supporters group. Because honestly, without his vision, um, I don't think there would be a podcast. There probably wouldn't be Hollywood. There'd be no Wally. There'd be no Lucho. Um, and quite honestly, I don't think there'd be a dub to speak of. So um, the city of Ottawa is a football city um, in no small part because of CCSG. And, and Dan, you're, you are, as a, you know, a person, I think, woven into the fabric of football culture in, in Ottawa. Um, and honestly, I know you're not obviously hel hel at the helm anymore, but you will always have a place uh, in the dub with your CCSG family. Um, so, so thank you again, Dan, for, here, for everything here. you've done for us um, for the last four seasons. Here, here. Here, here. Um, and I will Speaking buy you a beer of, when I'm back in Ottawa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and hopefully that's sometime this season if, if you do a rip a map. Oh, and then just buddy, we will see. We will see. <laughs> this season, maybe, maybe not. Next season, maybe, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I got I to gotta attend a... I'm actually... I got asked to officiate a wedding in PEI in August next year. So oh, there you maybe, go. Maybe I'll PEI. make it a little longer trip and, and catch an ATO game on why the not, way to not? the wedding. Why not? Why not? <laughs> There you so go. So we will see. We will see. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, change-ups, we have yes. a new face behind a megaphone. Talk to us we about this. We do. We do. So, um, yeah, the home opener saw Eddie. Obviously, Eddie has been a come a fixture in the in the pit. Um, but his new partner was our very own uh, Tarpsoft Billy Strathdy. <laughs> Billy good time. Uh, yeah, Billy good times. So it was awesome, honestly, to see Billy doing what he was doing. He's such a he's such a like magnetic personality, and <laughs> to see him down in the pit with Eddie was incredible. He was wearing that like white like <laughs> like muscle shirt with like Capital yeah. City supporters on it, yeah. like his sunglasses. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was it was really awesome, honestly, to see Billy do it and what he was doing. Um, you guys, and shout out to you guys in the you know pod sphere listening to this podcast right now, um, who were in the dub. Holy shit, did you guys kill it? You guys <laughs> no, killed it. Was yeah. yeah, I was watching from here over here in uh, in Riga. I think Johnny was watching from Mexico. I was um, watching from Mexico. Yeah. yeah, so people were watching from all over, and I man, I could, it made my heart ache to see the dub so crazy. I could hear every word of every chant. Um, you know, it was annoying my wife because I was singing along and she was like, stop doing that. <laughs> and the announcers wouldn't stop talking about it either, man. They were, they, oh, were, they were talking so it up the entire time. It was, and they it eat it perfect. up. They've eaten it up, man. They were, oh, they they were on, they're on the Hollywood sign. They were talking about like <laughs> yeah. all this other stuff. So, yeah. um, again, all of that stuff is organic homegrown 
you know, bio goodness that came out of uh, the dub. <laughs> it's some granola ass shit that we yeah. put together. Um, and by we, I mean all of you. So um, it really didn't help that all of my friends were sending me pictures and videos from the GCP, from the March, and that all game like a bunch of assholes. Because <laughs> they all knew I wanted to be there. So <laughs> No, exactly. So yeah. definitely, yeah, shouts out to uh, to the Capo team. Shouts out to Eddie for continuing to hold it down. Shouts out to Eddie for also going out and, you know, uh, finding new faces to continue in the rotation because it's not an easy job. And sometimes no, it's you need not. to uh, rotate who's in there. So, Billy, thank you for stepping up. You're Killed a friggin' great kid, and I can't wait to to see you doing more of that. And I'm, I'm, oh, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna out Billy a little bit because, and I'm gonna tell everyone here that you saw the amazing performance he put on. He was incredibly hungover. Imagine how he can do when he's not hungover. <laughs> he was very hungover. <laughs> yeah, but and he also made the trip all the way up from London for the home he's opener nice. to, to nice. Capo. So like, you know what? Fucking good on you, Billy. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a you're good old Ottawa boy. <laughs> good old Ottawa boy. <laughs> yeah, he's so he's going to write us now and be like, I'm not from Ottawa. I'm from yeah. Mary's, Ontario. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> get it right. <laughs> Everyone in the dub is from Ottawa, Johnny. You know that. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So let's jump into the match. It what was you got? <laughs> like ov- overall thoughts. I, I mean, I've been, you know, there was a lot of. You you can't help but walk away with this being a little bit disappointed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, we're all thinking the same thing. And I mean, you know how sometimes like uh uh when you go into a game and you're like, "Oh, you know, like if you told me at the beginning that we could have gotten a draw, I would have snatched it from her hands." This was the opposite. I was disappointed with the draw here. Yeah. Like uh bef- from before the game because of the expectations of the stature of club that we are now. It seems funny to say that. But like we have, you know, as much as it, it it's a piece of cardboard that hangs on the wall at the moment, like we'd have technically silverware now. Yep. So we're going into the opening match of the season against a team who, other than in an asterisk season tournament made the final, has never actually made the playoffs. We're at mm-hmm. home. We are should be expected to win that game. So I, as much as anyone else, was quite disappointed to see how everything shook out, both because of, you know, things out of our control and lots of things within our control. What do you, what do you, how do you feel? I, I would agree with that. Um, I would maybe put a bit of a caveat on it. Um, you know, you, you talk about, I mean, I think everyone knows Halifax had an absolutely like disastrous season last season. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I almost, uh, I don't know understand i guess where they're coming from because that was us last season you know um so so we're almost oh, like you mean like coming off of a bad one and exactly coming and off of so, a bad yeah, one yeah, yeah. um and getting a, a new lot coach of cha- changing the new whole coach team. new yeah, players right, like right. you know so they're kind of in our shoes 12 months ago yeah um so i kind of have to respect the 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 level of effort and honestly the the level of technical skill that they put out there on the field like yeah. yes i'm disappointed in ottawa but i was mm-hmm. also like unfortunately impressed with with <laughs> what some of the halifax players were able to do with and yeah. and also the the new manager like um um Geisler, Patrice Geisler, yeah, he was able to Patrice come Geisler. out. Patrice Geisler, <laughs> that's what we're going to call him now. The Geisler, the Geisler. Uh, I love it. The I love it. That's it, that's canon now, baby, the Geisler. Ah, perfect, yeah, no, that's great. Um, but no, it, it, it was nice to see him come out and put together a product that you know, might not be the best product, obviously. I don't think, I, I don't think anyone has any illusions that Halifax is going to win the league with that team. 
But, uh, you know, like we did uh, with our team. <laughs> but at the same time, I do think that he put together a product that is pretty strong. And I think they're going to be a, a definite contender um, for a mid-table finish all season. They're, they're not going to be a, they're not going to be a walkover. They weren't a walkover no, last season. No, and I don't think they're going to be that this season. No. Um, yeah, but, we beat them four times. We beat them four times last season. Um, you know, obviously, I, I kind of knew before this game that that wasn't going to happen again. Mm. Um, obviously it's not gonna happen again because we've already drawn once, but I don't see us beating them three other times. This no, it's gonna I, be a tough I, fixture all year. No, and I, I, I think you make a good point. So, so was I disappointed? I think everybody who you know bleeds the red and white stripes was disappointed with yeah. with the draw against <laughs> Halifax. Yeah, but this isn't the this isn't the 2022 Halifax Wanderers. So, yeah. uh, you know, take some solace. I think for those of you out there. Take some solace in knowing that, like, we didn't draw a team that was ass. They, they're, they're not, they're not last year's Halifax Wanderers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, speaking of changes, I mean, we obviously, and by we, I mean ATO has gone through a, a fair number of changes. Honestly, this, I think uh, it's an underrated amount of changes, especially when you look at that starting eleven. It's like you know what we didn't have. Um, what a lot what the you know the the best team you know in the history of the league so far has had going season to season is a level of consistency mm-hmm. from season to season they they lose very few players and they basically just bring in places to just strengthen the little bit of weaknesses that they have and that's why they've had so much success we're talking about forge obviously yeah um, i mean that's just what happens keeps... when you don't you know when you ignore the salary caps but that's fine well that's what that's what happens <laughs> when, when you you know you can sell a player to europe and then have them fail over there and then just bring them back again along with the other reinforcements you got when they left. So it's just... Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> sus. It's pretty a sus. A team like that can, you know, basically keep the same... Basically the same spine, same roster year over year. Whereas, I mean, we, you know, we... St- obviously, we didn't have as much turnover as the year before, but we still had a good amount of turnover. We basically well, we ditched about three quarters of our midfield, for God's sakes. Yeah, and I mean, when we say three quarters of our midfield, I mean, we're also talking about talisman players like Balu Tabla. Um, you know, we, we obviously... Drew Abdu Becky retired. Yeah, Sissoko. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Drew Becky retired. Yeah. Um, so, and we're uh, we're super glad that he's still with the club. Club. I think that that's yeah. awesome that we we retained him and we're retaining his acumen and his experience and and his familiarity with working with the players that currently are on the on the mm-hmm. squad. But you know, he's not out there being that grizzled Drew Becky veteran of <laughs> of, of 2022 yeah. ATO, yeah, right? Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, there is a lot of changes I think going on within the within the team and mm-hmm. Cargo has to manage that as well as trying to to blend the old quote unquote old players from last season mm-hmm. with a crop of new players, not only just trades and and you know, players we picked up from other squ- other squads, but also a bunch of young 18, 19, 20 year old players that are, are up and coming Canadian players yeah. that he's now trying to blend into, yeah. you know, a very technical, I'm going to call it a very solid strategy that requires a lot of, of training, a lot of a lot of, a lot of coordination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which some of these guys probably aren't used to. No, it's an old man's. It's an old man's style, and that's why it yeah, worked so well last sure. season, right? Like it's it's a little tougher to implement that sort of style with kids because I mean they want to go out there and play. Right? Yeah, yeah, they want to they want to you know get some puska bangers out there. You there know? you go. Like they don't want to stand in two banks of four and sort of you know hold the fort down until it's until it's time to strike. They just want to yeah. run around with the ball, and yeah, we saw that happening really, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we did. Again, you know, like you said, you know, Carlos was running a, a standard four four two. I would argue maybe a four five one. 
Um, yeah, I, I saw the same thing in defense. Like yeah. a lot of the time, the defense would be a four-four-two. Sometimes the defense I also saw as a four-four-one. One of the other attackers would also drop back into midfield. Um, exactly. When we attacked, we also went. We went obviously went to our classic three at the back, two wing backs. I'd mm-hmm. probably call it like a three-five-two or a five-three-two, however you want to look at it, but. It was yeah, it's a bit of a hybrid. It's, yeah, it's the same thing we did last season. For the exactly, most part. exactly. So it's basically I would call it like a, a four-four mutated four-four-two, yeah. um, which which again has proved effective for ATO um, with mm-hmm. the players that we had last season. So it was interesting yeah. to see that strategy stack up with some of the new players. Yeah. Um, you, you had Ollie Bassett in the ten. Obviously, I think all of us expected Ollie Bassett to be in the ten and holding that roll down. Um, Sam Salter at the tip, which was a bit of a surprise, I think, for a lot of people coming out of the gate as a as a a, a starter, high attacking striker. Um, and then you had Asi and Del Santos overlapping on the left and right. Antonoro and Verhoeven combining in the mids, and then Tiso um, and Saint Miguel on the wings, like you talked about. Um, and then obviously holding down the back line, uh, our boy Diego Espejo, uh, <laughs> who is back for another season with us. Yeah. Um, and then Tiso with the armband. So, uh, you know, now that Carl, Carl Howarth is, is out with an injury. So, yeah, it was, it was neat how it rotated because when we had the two banks of four, we basically had, um, Antonoro was point would be playing on mm-hmm. the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Asi would be playing on the right and then yeah. we have Salter and DeSantos as the two up at the top. And then when exactly. we switched to the, when we switched to the three at the top, it would be, you know, Salter in the middle. Um, Asi on the right and Santos on the left, and then sort of Antonero. See, Antonero's gonna have to grow. We'll talk about this later, but like, I mm. he's it's the the midfield is very sussy right now. And it is honestly, I think that that's yeah. that's our a, a bit of an Achilles heel. I don't and I don't want to say it's, it's not it's not it's not bad. It's just we have to figure out. I think, and by we, I mean Carlos has to figure out yeah. how to integrate a midfield that isn't doesn't have blue tabla essentially. Um, into the the defense well, structure i would say that the loss of Suzoko is probably more more of a detriment to our midfield because i mean you know when you've got that one guy in the back in the middle you can sort of run a little rampant with your other midfielders but when you have to have like you know a double pivot of of verhoeven and, and ollie mm-hmm. bassett then it's kind of it just it makes it weird and it's it's certainly it's just so very obvious that this isn't going to be the the blueprint for the rest of the season going forward and no. I mean, um, we'll, we'll shout out the hot stove more later, but, you know, Fernando came on the hot stove and actually said that we're, you know, we're about two players away from where we want to be with our roster. Yeah. And obviously one of those is going to be a midfielder because our midfield was really weird in this game. And mm. until we get a proper six, it's going to continue being weird. And it was why we were basically attacking the right flank and almost nowhere else all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, also, can we just take a take a moment to appreciate the fact that the <laughs> the CEO of came Atlantic on the Ottawa hot stove, came on the CCSG <laughs> hot stove to like yeah. hang out He's with like, us. I'll be on there for comments. five minutes answering questions. He puts in a good like 20, 25 minute shift. In yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Fernando. You're probably yeah. listening right now. Yeah, uh, we baller. love you. Keep doing what you're doing. You're a total Absolute baller. baller. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that our our midfield is the area that is the most suspect that being said i think the silver lining for us was i do think watching that entire match ollie bassett probably played one of his best games and i think that and i think that it was so good to see him truly just like 
be able to play that the the, the game that he wanted to play. Like you yeah. could see it in his face even after the game. Yeah, he, he obviously he scored the goal, um, and he almost scored the second one. And you know his entire focus after the game was like, ah, well, I should have scored that that one that one no shot. Chance, and I'm like, yeah. the fact that you're focused on that <laughs> and not the fact that you embarrassed Halifax in injury time right yeah. before halftime is amazing yeah. to me. So so I was really impressed with Ollie, and I think that. Um, if he can continue that and then we can start, like you said, working guys like Antonoro into the mix, um, maybe have our defense play a little bit higher um, so that it opens him up for those types of plays. I think that that's that's a good that's a good way of moving forward for us. Yeah, no, we'll talk about him more later. But I mean, he was definitely an engine and you oh know, I'd, God, lo- yeah. I'd love to you know rely on that every week. But um I thought that the fact that that, that the, you know that sort of midfield pivot played exceptionally, but we still had yep. to bypass the midfield midfield almost all the time. <laughs> says something says something about goes, the team right now, though. Well, that's just it, right? And I mean, it also it also speaks a lot to Cargo being very pragmatic mm-hmm. and being very able to work with what he has. And yeah, that's for oh, sure. that's what we talked about it with all last season, and we're going to be talking about it now until we sign a proper six. And that's what everyone has on their as the thing everyone has on their lips right now, right? So mm. until we have a proper six, he's going to be playing, you know, with those two in the middle, but playing mostly yeah. on the wings. So yep, no, I, I I agree with you there for sure. Um, you want to talk Speaking stats? Of cargo ball. Yeah, let's talk about. <laughs> yes, yeah, literally. Uh, obviously, Ottawa, as we had done all last season, was out possessed um, because that's just how Cargo, just you know, run, runs the show for us. Um, yeah, the the stats, you know, fifty seven forty three. So it was a little more even than we we're used to. I mean, a lot of times we were like sixty plus, like against. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but no, it was good. Um, it's it, it's a little bit of a familiar. It's like putting on, uh, you know, your favorite pair of jeans. Like that's kind of <laughs> when I when I watched it. I mean, not the not the first half, but the second half was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I know the type of football I'm watching right now. <laughs> um, I'm used so. To- yeah, exactly. Uh, first five to ten minutes, I would say it was was pretty good. I was I was in. I was like, yes, I love what we're doing right now. Mm. Um, and I think going into the going into this match, a lot of people, including myself, were kind of expecting not a run over, but we were like, oh, Halifax is bringing in a lot of players from League One Ontario, a lot of inexperienced mm. players. They basically changed over their entire lineup, I think, except two players. Um, yeah, Rampersad and. Um, one Fernandez. other guy Fernandez yes so so two players and, the rest were and, all and Mo Omar oh and Omar yes so so three really three of their entire lineup and I was expecting a little more of a disjointed effort from them yeah. um so watching the first five to ten minutes great after that uh, I'm gonna say I have one word to describe the rest of the half from like 10 minutes to 45 minutes Mm. fucking messy holy (laughs) shit uh man you can see this is a day one of season (laughs) with both teams like uh errant balls uh just garbage long balls to nowhere yeah oh yeah that's just it i mean it's (laughs) it's it's weird because we actually had 32 accurate long balls which is impressive which is 56 percent, you know and that's not good but it's better than I thought watching that yeah. game. <laughs> there was Bro, a there lot were, of there were a billion a billion throw-ins. Like, oh yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And, I mean, and most of them top, were caused yeah. by errors. <laughs> exactly, and most of the throw-ins would result in another throw-in because you just go right at someone's shins and then go right back out again. But yeah, the, and yeah, the amount of passes that were just misplaced and then went out of bounds instead, I was like, holy fuck, is this the first day of preseason? Like, what is going on? Here? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so I'm that's glad what, like, you, honestly, you share my that's frustration. What, 
Yeah, that's what doing a whole preseason on the beautiful grass of Spain and then coming and playing your first game on slick turf. That's what that looks like. The yeah, ball 100%. doesn't roll the same way. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think uh, uh, yeah, the, Adam Jenkins was talking about it. He's like, well, he's like, oh, he clearly played that ball, and it's uh, he's not used to playing on turf. He I'm did, like, yeah, yeah. he spent the whole summer in Spain yeah, playing on no. beautiful like real he's grass. He's absolutely right. He's like, that's not going to stop going. That's not going to stop running, and that's that's what happens. So obviously, yeah, so. which is funny to think that playing. In, in your home stadium is 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 uh you know foreign on the first day but well right. anyone that any again anyone that's played on grass and turf knows the yeah. knows the difference right um you know not to go back to my old days of playing footy but yeah we like we played on grass when i played for the base team in greenwood like we played on grass and then we went to provincial tournament and in halifax we played on turf and it was like a completely different game. <laughs> like you can't, the, yeah. the skills were barely translatable a lot of yeah. the time. So, so I feel for these guys that are having to make that transition. I think that over time they're going to get obviously a lot better. But right now we're a game one, season five, straight off the straight off the hop. So, and it's I mean it's it's rough and it's it's better. Uh, I think the team that has the hardest, the teams that have the hardest with this are probably Halifax and Cavalry because they play half their games on grass and half their games not. Whereas yep. we, you know, we only play one, two, three, four games a year on grass. So, you know, we should really be getting it together <laughs> because we kind of have an advantage when you think about yes. as far as consistency goes. <clears throat> yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, but that being said, I mean, the second half, uh, I'm going to call it night and day. Yeah, um, very much so. We spent and I'm not, much... and I'm going to say in no small part to subbing out Antonaro and putting in Bahus. Ooh, I like it. Early hot take in the in the, in the after the I whistle mean, this week. Like I'm not. That's that's not like <laughs> I don't I don't want to say that's a hot take. I'm not trying to be a dick, but everyone <laughs> saw that. I mean, you know, Antonaro. Yeah, I agree. It's his first yeah. professional game. You know, he was a bit of a ghost. Yep. That's fine. And then Bahus has a whole year of of pro experience under his belt. So he came in and brought a different uh, a different dynamic to you. Know, yeah, he came no. in and looked like a pro. Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think you're right. I think that made a huge difference. Um, yeah, we spent kind of the most of the, I'm gonna call most of the first 45 collapsing into the middle and just trying to work the ball like up through the Halifax defense, which consistently failed. Um, but that being said, I mean, we we kind of got to see. I'm gonna call the team shine when we started to use. Dos Santos, uh, Tiso, even Assi, like like once they started spreading the the pitch diagonally, yeah. like from yeah. corner to corner, we got to see the 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 structure stretch out the field, which is where we actually got to start seeing some real plays. Yeah, which is not something that I don't think we did in the first half. It was mostly just like, oh well, we'll just work the ball up the middle of the field. And it's like, okay, yeah. great, but there's eight million players between you and the net. Like, <laughs> and, well, and this and the, and the thing is, is that Halifax's midfield is going to boss us 100 of the time. No, they're, exactly. They're, they're, they, they, you know, they, you know, when you were when you're defending in a four four two and they've got three midfielders, you're outnumbered all of the time, and they yep. have very good midfielders as well. So it was just, it was never going to work. And yep. then yeah. sort of the goal right before half was kind of the culmination of that switch in tactics being like, oh, no, we should be spreading the ball out wide, stretching them well, just and it. then cutting it in. And then, you know, that was sort of the perfect, uh, you know, Luke Singh long ball out to Assi who beats his man to the ball and then cuts it into Ollie with the long shot. That's kind of yep. just was the perfect formula of what was going to work in that game. <laughs> It was. It just took us forty-five minutes plus two to figure yeah, it out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, I, I I do have to give the, the guys credit. I think that um, they played well in the end of the first half, mm -hmm. and then the end of the second half. Holy shit! Like 
The last 20 minutes yeah. was a completely different team. Yeah, I feel. it was. I, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say I'm surprised we didn't score. And, you know, we should have had a complete mm, mm-hmm. opportunity to score. But we'll talk about that later. But yes, uh, yes, no, the play was it was night and day. It was it was yeah. incredible. Yeah, and I do feel I do feel like if we had played like that all game, we would have locked away with three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was it uh, yeah. was. It, I know it was one of those things where we needed the subs to sort of change it up a little bit, and maybe mm-hmm. we left it a little too late. And I mean, that's you know, that's not a classic cargo move, but it's a classic sort of this level of league sort of move where sometimes you leave them a little too late. True, and I I do know this did that did come up I think late last season mm-hmm. in the pod and and in the matches that we watched um, that was a question that came up kind of not consistently but a few times where they were like well is Cargo waiting too long to make his subs yeah. in order to get fresh legs on the field in order to mm-hmm. get that little bit of extra juice out of the out of the team so yeah. um, I think it's something that we're all watching I think that it's something that we'll see how it kind of shakes out over the course of the season mm-hmm. um, but I'm not worried at this yeah. point honestly I don't think I don't think anyone has reason to be worried yeah. I think last season we were worried because it was all new and shiny and scary yeah. to us um but <laughs> but now we're like fully drinking the kool-aid uh yeah. and uh and we're, we're here for it so yeah. um yeah uh oh boy uh yeah no speaking of walking away three points um i know this is gonna i 100 know this is gonna come up in the mailbag i haven't yeah. scrolled down yet to see the yeah. mailbag questions <laughs> uh and I'm not going to beat a dead horse from last season. I know you, we talked a lot about this last it, season. It doesn't come up in the mailbag, so let's let's address it right now. Okay, good. Oh man, it doesn't come up in the mailbag. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what the actual fuck was that officiating for this game? Is mostly it was it was the it was the missed penalty that I'm that I'm. Uh, I yeah, I mean, salty, but, y- you know, sure. like Ven, twenty-seven fouls, and somehow blatantly, like he missed a. a it was it was Ryan James's handball, right? Like the, yeah. the chicken wing that he had out. Um, was it, it was literally Fernandez? No, it was it was James. It was one it was of those James. two. One it was the, James. Yeah. yeah, I watched okay, the replay. Yeah. I think earlier today, but yeah, yeah, but okay. um, yeah, it was him. Uh, and and it was when I when I watched the replay, I was like, oh, where was the rep? He was literally like maybe maybe ten meters away. Yeah. And I was like, how in the fuck did you miss that call? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, so it so was it, it sucks because like, I mean, and then there was a couple other calls. I think there was a there was a pretty clear foul on. Um, I think it was. I want to say it was. On Dos Santos? Dos Santos, yeah. And he was running it, up the byline. Yeah, and it was he an was, ar- was, arm up to the face. Yeah. So he was. So I know that I remember a situation where Dos Santos was running up the byline towards um, the goal. Yeah. And he was tripped and then he fell. Yeah. And then, you know, it was, you know, you could have given it, you could have not given it. I was surprised that he didn't give it to make up for missing the handball exactly. minutes earlier. I was yeah, sure I he was going to give that because yeah, oh, it was iffy. It was here or there. But, you know, uh, I was sure it was going to be, oh, he missed the handball. Surely he's going to give this one. And he yeah. still didn't. Yeah, no, and 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 so again, I I, I don't want to spend the entire podcast shitting on the refs, but like, yeah. man, that guy could not find his ass with two hands and a map. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> it Jesus. Was weird, and it was a weird one both ways, too, man, because, like, we had, and I mean, the Halifax fans will tell you this as well, we had a couple fouls yep. that clearly should have been yellow cards. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, like, professional tactical foul to stop a break on yep. purpose, player ready to take a yellow card, and we were only just given a foul. And I was but watching I, it, I, it, and I was watching it. And I'm like, did we just get away with that? Like, you're yeah, but me, but right? I don't, I don't like that. Like to me, that and maybe it, maybe it is that like kind of tit for tat. Like he realized late or in the game, he was like, ah, I really should have maybe given that PK. So like, I should probably like look the other way a couple times. But I, I fucking hate that. Like, just, just, 
do it was, what's it was, no. yeah. it was dumb. It was dumb. And some of them were so random because some of them were early in the game as well. I'm like, what is mm-hmm. going on here? And then the level. Oh, yeah. Some of the early fouls. Be, I was like, what the f? Yeah. And then some of the, the, the some of the fouls that he was, you know, giving, uh, uh, calling against us and giving to Halifax as well. And, and you know, actually, this is, this is going to be a narrative that we're going to have to start this season. How divey was Halifax in this oh. game? Boy. Oh my goodness! We had some fallen to floor nominees this. this oh Holy my shit, god! Man. It was like they were playing on greased up skates on a you rough. know the side of a mountain. I was like, was holy rough. shit! Um, it was like you couldn't touch them. Um, yeah, as soon as and as soon as you touch them, they fall down. So, yeah. um, again, I'm really hoping it doesn't become a trend with Halifax diving all season. But who actually knows? But more importantly, God, I hope this isn't like. 2022 level Canada soccer officiating seeping into this season because I think everyone out there is like not panicking, but we're all like kind of gripping our like (laughs) uh, just, just because it is frustrating because the officiants, I serve a a super important part of the game. I think that it's important that we have obviously referees out there, um, linesmen to, to do the job. Um, But the issue, I think the greater issue kind of holistically is the fact that, you have referees and officiants changing the course of, of a game so badly that it's it's tilted one way or the other. And that's never where you want to be. Yeah, I mean and you know it's it's you know, we 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 talk about this all the time. We'll 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 finish yep. it off here. We'll um, cap it off. Yeah, we'll <laughs> cap it off. And I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, like bad fouls, whatever, cars not being given, that's fine. But wh- mm. an egregious non penalty call is sort of oh where we're gonna draw the line and mention it because that was just awful. And like you said, well, that- I- that completely changed he, the direction of the match. It did, hundred percent, it did. And I think both, any, even both, com- even both fan, commentators yeah. were like, Yo, they, "Holy but they all shit!" Said it. Everyone said, <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." And, and I mean, and the only people on Twitter that said it wasn't a penalty were uh, one, you know, notorious York personality and one notorious specific personality. Anyone listening to this knows exactly who those two people are. So everyone yeah. <laughs> agrees it was a pen. And, you know, that's why any, you know, Ottawa fan watching that would be uh, disappointed that we didn't come away with three points because we really should yep. have. But anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty. And we could have, we could have, if 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 uh, you know, a, a legit uh, open play goal also happened. You want to talk about mm. that Ali Bassett miss near the end? Oh my goodness, what a beauty build up play that was too, leading to that. And it's hard because like I, it it, it <laughs> sucks that he didn't bro. do it, and you were like, and you were like, oh my god, I can't believe that didn't happen. But then it's also like, but also he's the only reason we're walking away with a point right now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we can't rely on Ollie all the time, but uh, well, but yeah, no, that's right. just I, it. it was... And I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not pinning that on Ollie. I'm more being like, oh, it's just disappointing that it's uh, sad, such yeah. a sweet play didn't finish off as as nice as it could have. Yep, because no, that, that true sure. ball was just uh, pure sex. Uh, it was very nice, and uh, yeah, it just kind of sucks that it just didn't go exactly where he wanted it. But um, and he knew that. Obviously, he talked about it at the, the end of the game presser. So, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I should have dinked it and said I pulled it. And you yeah, know, that was his weak foot, too. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot to ask. It's cool. We still love you, Ollie. Don't don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk stats, Johnny. What do yeah. you want? You want? Where do you want to start? Well, obviously, the big sh- sh- shots is one that like people, people, you know, you know how much I don't give a shit about the shots in general. Stat. <laughs> yeah. Shots but you know, on you do target. Care about corners. Yeah. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I only care about corners. Well, that it sucks because the there's only score. It, it sucks because there's only five this game. <laughs> That's okay. We got three against two, so we should. Um, but I mean, but you know, obviously, total shots is whatever. But they also had more shots on target, which is mm-hmm. for me the most important stat. But that was more close, four against three. Yep. So 
Um, and I also want to talk about how many shots we didn't get because we didn't pull the trigger and take a shot. Uh, oh my goodness. How many times, especially in that first half, were we getting into positions where we should have had a shot on target and we just oh, did not pull the trigger? my God. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> how many touches yeah. in the box? Ticky, ticky around. Da, 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 da. It's, I mean, this is, like you said, this was very much a first game of the season. Like, our attack clearly is not completely clicking yet. That's to be yep. expected. Because there is was only no nobody was familiar with anyone up there. You've got yeah. Ollie, you've got Gianni, you've got Salter, and you've got Asi all running around the box, and this is their first <laughs> professional game together. So I mean, no shit. There's gonna be some like, where are you? Where are you going? That's passes and going there. But uh, yeah, I think that that happens with any team, honestly. Yeah. Especially if you're introducing a, even just even if you're just introducing one new piece of your attacking mm-hmm. puzzle. It, that's already you're already messing up the chemistry a little bit yeah, yeah. now now you're being like oh yeah three out of four of the people that are attacking yeah. all are new so yeah, exactly. and haven't worked together in a real season until now yeah um so so yeah it was it was like like i said earlier it was it was a bit messy mm-hmm. but yeah, i mean it but, was but it was promising though i mean there were so many sh- like you know another give it a couple weeks and those situations will result in shots on target and i mm-hmm. mean the fact that we even got into those dangerous situations in the first place was like, I was loving what I was seeing a lot of the time. Oh, and yeah, for sure. I know from, like, a pessimistic lens, you can look at how many opportunities were missed. Um, I know a lot of people were talking about Assi um, and how he didn't have a lot of end product. And, I mean, while that's true, th- he's still a young player. These are things that can be coached into a player, right? I mean, he beat his man almost every time, whether it was yep. through the inside or through the outside. And, you know, more often than not, obviously, those ended up in, you know, a floated cross all the way to the other side of the pitch to nobody which is disappointing or a cutback pass to nobody or, you know, not shooting when he possibly could have shot. But I mean, these are like details that you work on. Yeah, no, I agree. And when we have that sort of base there to really work on, and I'm excited, man, like this is, this is so much more of a potent attacking potential than we had last season. Yeah. And I I think that that's something that we have to, as fans, we have to take away from this is yes, it was a draw. Yeah. It was a bit disappointing, but I am super hopeful and I have a lot of, of faith in cargo to turn, you know, I'm going to call it a very rough, rough cut, just mind out of the ground, mm. you know, piece of carbon into this mm. like attacking defending diamond that we potentially could have this season because you're right. Last season, we didn't really have offensive power at all. Almost. Mm. We basically yeah. had like Malcolm Shaw pretty much. That was it. Um, and and you know and then we had Baloo and, and Ollie in the mids, but that's not that's not the, the the super high profile, high pressure striker energy that we needed. No. Um, and now we've got all of these options. Like yeah. Dos Santos's speed all game was yeah. just insane. He beat his defender ninety nine percent of the time. And yes, he, he maybe didn't put it on the net when he should have, or you know didn't pass where he wanted it to pass. But watching him just blow by every defender that tried to mark him up every single time we had a, a break or a counterattack off of a, a Halifax uh, off offensive chance, you know, to me, that's the building blocks are there. The building yeah. blocks are there. And Carlos is probably going to put together. You know what? I'm not going to say probably. Carlos is going to put together <laughs> the Taj Mahal of, 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 <laughs> of team strategy, I think, for, for this season compared to last season. I think we're going to have an offensive capability that we just did not have in our toolbox in 2022. No, I think so, too. And, and, because, and the thing is, is that if these changes actually resulted in shots on target, the, the, the conversation league-wide would be very different. 
because right now us talking and also people talking elsewhere are like, oh, Ottawa basically played an Ottawa game. Um, however, if a lot of these chances ended up in shots on target, you know, we would have had six or seven of them. Uh, yeah. I mean, remember that cutback, that Tiso cutback that went through both DeSantos oh, and Salter? Like things I like this, know. man. Things like this that any other day, you know, with a, when, when we're a little more tight, yeah, like fast better. forward six games, and that play right. would have been a goal for These sure. These are going to be a goal, or at least a yep. shot on target. And yep. then people who didn't watch the game or don't know ball, who just look at stats, and I know there's a lot of them out there, um, will still <laughs> not look you at guys them though, not you guys they, listening right now. You guys are all great. <laughs> you guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll look at those, and then they'll think of a completely different picture about this yeah. game, which you know, the, which often games like like of of ours, often that's the case, anyways. Yeah, no, I I I I follow, I follow what you're saying on that. I think yeah. that that's that's the way you have to look at it, honestly. It's, yeah, no, it's it's great because we're, I mean we're we're used to a lot of defensive players, uh, a magician in the middle, um, a magician up on the left, and then some workhorses on the wings and in the middle and in the back. Whereas now we've got like you know we we can have three, four solid attacking options on the pitch at any time right now, and yeah. you know that opens us up to a completely new possibilities of how we can play football. Yeah, and that's not something we had last season. So um, to me, that speaks a little bit to Carlos's involvement, I think, in the offseason of this of this club, because he came on, what, five weeks before the start of the season last year? Yeah. Really didn't have an effect on, on who we picked up and why and what yeah. positions we were looking at. And then yeah. you see the difference this year. Yeah. Is there some some rawness to the team right now? Yes, I think we can all agree that mm-hmm. after watching that match, there's some work to be done. Yeah. But if there's anyone I trust to do that work, it's Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah, well, I mean, who, I, I'd venture to say that I think the only cargo signing last season was Abdu Suzoko. And yeah. I mean, you know, look, look at how much immediate impact that dude had. Yeah, we talk about how sometimes he blew hot and cold last season, but I mean, you know, he was solid week in week out for the most part yep yep so, for sure yeah. um but yeah passing can we <laughs> I, I just want to touch on passing so normally yeah. our passing stats are shit yeah uh, for the most part <laughs> and here uh we had 85 percent pass accuracy yeah, halifax had 90 percent yeah um that being said i mean you and i both have eyes so we watched a lot of those passes <laughs> and it was literally just like Ticky tacky short back and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and yeah. forth passes. So like nothing crazy. So take those stats mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but if that was uh, their peak, holy fuck, were long balls and accurate crosses the valley of this match for both teams? <laughs> 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 oh boy, fifty three percent accurate long balls for Halifax and thirty six on crosses, yeah. and we weren't much better. Better, we had fifty six percent, slightly better on long balls. Yeah. But definitely much worse on crosses with 18%, 18% accuracy. Accurate Dude, that is so bad. It's I mean, so I bad. know, I know, and I, and I know why. Yeah. Because when, when we have, if we have Carl Howarth playing at right wing back, then that's that a good num- point. Then that number goes up like 50% alone. That is Our a good right point. wing back was Assi, who is not that type of wingback. He's going to get no. the ball, and he's going to take on the man, and he's going to either cut inside or go on the outside and, you know, square the ball into the box rather than make the cross. So the only yeah, person doing crosses as, was Tiso. As yeah. Well, it's just, he's just not that type of winger. Whereas no, Carl, no and that, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So the, basically the only people we had doing we had four accurate crosses. So the only people we had doing crosses are Tiso, and I think DeSantos threw a cross in there. He so did, yeah. it just wasn't yeah, part of our game. And it's it's going to be very weird because I feel like crossing should be a big part of our game this season because 
we have big Sam Salter up at the front. Exactly. He's a tall man. So if we're going to sort of, you know, that's a part of our game we didn't have last season because we had a tall striker, you know, uh, named Vladimir Agrega, but he was more or less useless. <laughs> but, but otherwise, we did not have tall strikers. Now we have a striker that has height and has good aerial uh, ability. So yeah. maybe we should be bringing, you know, crossing in, in, into our game. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's that also it's something it's, to be. It's weird because how are you are you gonna are you gonna be the 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 high crossing right wing back? Are you or are you gonna have Assi out there? I guess we have two different completely style completely different styles we can really run on that right side depending on what the game needs. And I think that exactly I think good. that's the that's the strength of the depth of bench that we currently have is that mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to say like, hey, when Carl Howarth is healthy, yeah, we can put him on that right for those big long crosses that are extremely yeah. accurate. Yeah. Um. And then say we're playing a team that has a fairly dense, fairly sturdy kind of like wing back type outside defenders that will shut that down. Okay, well, then maybe we do drive it through the middle at that point and we use someone like Assi, who's a little bit more, you know, I'm going to call him fun on his feet. Carl is, is very sturdy and very great at crossing, but, you know, Assi is a young guy who has something to prove out there. And I think that that. We have that depth that we didn't have last season. Again, it's yeah. it's kind of another, I guess, step up for us as yeah. far as Atletico's ability to read the opponent's strategy and read their read their structure mm-hmm. and counter it effectively. I think. Yeah, and I mean, this game was rough because we were playing a team that um, that no one had really watched yet. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like that that idiom of like <laughs> uh, the 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 person that can you know it's it's the person that doesn't follow any doctrine or strategy is the most dangerous opponent because yeah. you can never guess exactly what they're about to do. And I yeah, think that exactly. we kind of, we kind of saw that with Halifax because yeah. no one knew exactly what they were planning on doing or how they were planning on using exactly. these players. So it's like playing someone in poker who's never played poker before. And they're, <laughs> yeah, they're it's almost like, worse. It's actually <laughs> really annoying because I don't know what you're doing. Like. <laughs> and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. no, and I mean, yeah, they, I they played, they played such a smart, complete game. Mm-hmm. with a yep. clearly a far superior coach and um you know it's an incredible midfield a superior uh, coach to their coach last year he's not coach he's, last not, ta- year. he's yes. not talking about Sorry. you carlos <laughs> yes i mean it's a, to their own in their own uh context yes um you know that caligari in the midfield that number six he was incredible uh oh he yeah. was really good uh, you know, Aiden Daniels was incredible. He's the, really I, I mean, that kid is a baller. We've known he's a baller since he was with the Fury. And, and true, he was awful for the most part last season. And, but well, I mean, their coach was awful last season. So seeing him true. like ball, especially seeing him run into all that free space and then slip that through ball into Zach Fernandez I hated it. to hit I hated it first it. time. I hated I it too, man, it. because it was beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, fuck <laughs> off. Like, this is, this is exactly what everyone knows Aiden Daniels is capable of. And we were really happy to see him not be able to do it last season. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, precisely. I even really liked um, uh, Ferrazzo, who came up from, mm. from Vaughn. Yeah. Um, surpri- surprisingly strong outside right defender mm. that really kind of, kept our uh, dos santos yeah dos santos burned him a few times but i do think that he kept tiso's crosses in check for the most part yes he did yes he did yeah yeah so anyway i'm not gonna like you know toot halifax's horn at all (laughs) but um a a surprising stat for me uh given that we have diego espeo in the Mm -hmm. middle of the defensive end uh was that we got beaten on aerial clearances which i don't think happened at all last season uh five to one was the stat so and 
it's it's one of those things where I loved that we were leading it last season because I mean we were just always the underdog absorbing and we yeah were we were just absorbing, absorbing pressure, pressure right yeah. so when the other team is now getting out it's one of those things you can be happy to be on either side of it so then when you're on the other side of it you're just like oh yes they're the ones doing all the clearances because we're the ones that are constantly attacking them <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and it just leads to all of our crossing stats not being very good so yes yeah but learning uh, you experience. know what exactly exactly um all right i mean both we're their center backs were great as well i mean mo omar and nimic were, were were both fantastic yep. and it was no they they was, again they played a, i think halifax played a solid defensive yeah. game they came in planning on doing something and i think that they mostly managed to do what they wanted to do which was yeah. not lose i think halifax came in looking for just not a loss so i mean well that's the thing and they even said on the broadcast they were like oh they're playing like ottawa was playing last season and i mean kind of like that was a that was a bit of a pedestrian sort of opinion. I mean, yeah, they were playing a little bit more defensive and hitting on the break, but they had fifty seven percent possessions. They had more big chances. They had more shots. They weren't just playing the way that we were playing last season. They're playing a far more, I want to say, complete game. I mean, they had an entire off season of of recruiting with their coach, playing in yeah. a way that they wanted to play. So they play. They, I I I'm I am sure that if they play at home, it is going to be far more attacking football. They they basically yeah. played an ideal away game against you know True. the the reigning regular season champs. True, but also like no one plays cargo ball like cargo. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so standout players. I mean, I think we all know who's number one here. Oh, the Ginger Prince himself, twenty twenty two CPL MVP, Ollie Fucking Bassett, and like pl- there- and players MVP. Yeah, Both true. Is there any? Is there anything this man can't do? <laughs> Get a suntan, apparently. Was, how long has, was he in Mexico and in Spain? <laughs> Bro, my, my wife literally was like, she was like, I, she's like, I love how Ollie wears a long sleeve shirt under his jersey, mm. and he always has the sleeves pulled down over his hands. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because he's playing, and it's 23 degrees in, in Ottawa and sunny. <laughs> of course he's covering his... <laughs> so uh no it was it was cool man like honestly i watched him like watching him just absolutely dummy multiple defenders and then just lay off some brilliant pass was just inspiring like it was uh, for me it was it was like the recoveries and the interceptions mm. i mean like him coming back to defend as well as as his attacking it's it's like he never skipped a beat and he, he just became more powerful like he'll just yeah. come back and, and he'll be the one that takes advantage of a missed pass and then pick it up and then start the attack and then start playing triangles on the side. And it's just, it's yeah, incredible. It's like watch. every time he hasn't reached his final form, you know? <laughs> and the fact that he can do both that and then make the late run into the box to, to, to knock that shot off for our goal as well. It's like, oh, what a complete box to box this this guy is. What a complete yeah, box to box. Just deep, deep in injury time. It was just a dream come true. Like, and it totally deflated whatever momentum Halifax had oh, up yeah. to this point. For sure. Like, that's that's literally the most like piss off dying time minutes to ever of- concede a goal, especially <laughs> away from home. Like, holy fuck, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And I and I loved because like he started the comma celebration. Like he was like, oh, mm-hmm. and then he like I think he must have seen the Halifax fans that were right yeah. there, and he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. nah, I'm just gonna go chirp them instead. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> never, never change, Ollie. Never change. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah. Perfect. So no, and he had. Uh, so we had 11 shots all game. Ollie Bassett had four of them, including well, a goal. Go. So yeah, uh, yeah 86% passes, two block shots, seven recoveries. Um, and honestly, I think the most important part was just his role in the center of the pitch for the whole 90 minutes. Mm. So you know, I think that. 
our entire structure just hinged on Ollie Bassett in a way that last season used to be kind of a combo of him and Belu. And I think he has stepped up a little bit um, in the absence of Belu Tabla for that talisman kind of like holding slash attacking midfield role. Um, so it was really nice to see like the, the, the ball, you know, if he got possession, it was like glue on his foot. Like no one was going to strip him of, of the ball when he got it at, in that position. Yeah. And I mean, as much as he can be a box to box, it's, there's also, you know, there's some glaring gaps as well. I mean, only one out of eight ground duels won. True. Um, you know, no aerial duels won, anything like that. Got dribbled past twice. Dispossessed only once, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously he, he does need to be with a more defensive midfielder. And, you know, there was all these questions as to whether um, someone like Noah Verhoeven was going to be that defensive midfielder because I know his defensive stats in the past weren't always very good. However, I'm going to use this opportunity to switch over to someone who I, I am going to put in my standout players list, which is Noah Verhoeven. Oh, my yeah, God. He's this on kid, mine too. He blew me away this yes. game. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, mostly because... As as any you know signing from team to team in this league, for the most part, when you take someone else's player and then you ask their team, oh, what is this player about? They're salty that they're losing the player, so they're just going to tell you that they're shit, and then that's the end of it. And then you're like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not so stoked to get this player. Uh, and they're like, oh, he's not that good defensively. All he can do is pass. And then watching him on Saturday was a revelation. Like I had oh, no clue this guy was going to yes. be this good. Not only was his distribution incredible his passing his long balls i mean his his eye to like pick a pass and move the ball around was incredible he won all of his tackles he won three out of three of his tackles yeah and he had 92 percent accurate passes which is insane 92 percent accurate. that's nuts man in the midfield (laughs) three out of three tackles won six out of eight ground duels won 10 recoveries I ten, mean, fuck sakes, like, and fouled three <laughs> times as well. To be able to draw fouls is another really good yeah. thing, especially in the middle of the park. No, no, Verhoeven, we are very excited to have you after that game. And we, I mean, we were you... all worried. We were all worried about a double pivot of Ollie and Noah. I was like, oh my god, like these two little guys, like they're not going to be able to do what uh, what Suzuko does. But if this is what we're working with now, until we can get a proper six, shit, man, like we're we'll 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 be fine. Yeah, we'll manage for sure. And and again, I think that it was a bit of a coup because you know we got we got Noah Verhoeven and York got Brian Wright. So <laughs> uh, we we love you, Brian, but we are gonna make little jokes like that. Oh my like, God, we are gonna now. like. Shh. Yeah, yeah, you're you're you're, you're on our. You're gonna hear it. You went to our least favorite team. So. Don't think, don't think, don't think we didn't see that offside goal. Yeah, oh, man. don't think we didn't see you pull pull the the nanny move against Cristiano Ronaldo when that ball was going in, and then you just tapped it in from. And us. ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I I, I honestly like I really like the performance of Nova Hooven, and yeah, if that's going to be the type of player that he's going to be all season, I'm mm-hmm. perfectly happy including him in in whatever strategy Cargo is putting together. Yeah, well, I mean, if if we imagine this lineup as sort of imagine if our, if our three midfielders in our attacking phase was like Verhoeven, Bassett, and Antonoro, um, imagine if we can put like a more sturdy six behind those two instead of putting Antonoro in front of them, and then yeah. we give and then we give Ollie, you know, the sort of more free roaming role up front, and then to set up those plays exactly, exactly, yeah. and the, and then yeah. I think that would be a far more balanced midfield, and then a midfield that we can actually play through more of the time. Because, I yeah. mean, to be honest with you, um, 
we'll get to it later but i mean obviously antonora was kind of a ghost out there and and, yep. and this we didn't play to his strengths really at all no. i think in this midfield but we'll talk about that later other yep. other players on your um standout list we went through ollie and uh and noah yeah ollie ollie and noah um i'm gonna put uh jean aniel assi yeah, uh, out here i i I mean, the boy's 18 years old. Uh, pl- he played 62 minutes uh, before coming off, and he, yeah, I mean, I think he he made me punch, want to punch he's my TV. He's only 18. Why did I think <laughs> it he was matter. like 19 or 20? Jesus <laughs> Christ, 18, man! Yeah. No, I just looked it up again. Holy fuck! How old was he with Cavalry last year? Like 16, 17? <laughs> I don't know. Holy but he's shit, 18. man! <laughs> so, so it kind of makes. Thing, it kind of puts things in perspective as far as some of the decisions he made. Yes, because, like, it holy does. Fuck, I straight up wanted to punch my fist through the TV when he did not shoot, not once, oh, but yeah. twice oh, yeah. from the 18. I was like, oh my fucking God. Yeah, I, I want to rock it. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think everybody was like that. And it was like, again, I, I, I'm trying not to blame that too much on on his skill because I think he's an incredibly talented player. Yeah. Um, I think more so that was just, it, he's 18 years old and playing in the top flight football league of canada and got the ball at the top of the 18 and didn't really know and was like oh, oh pass to ollie and, <laughs> and like it just didn't work out and then ollie passed it back to him and then he's yeah. like uh, back to ollie yeah. so so again I, I think that if he had taken even just one of those shots i think you know it would have been a it would have been a good chance um but he's new to the league and i think that he has boatload absolutely boatloads of talent um mm. and it just needs to be refined maybe just like a little bit yeah uh, but he did get the assist on ollie's goal um, yep. Which is good. And he was he was pretty stalwart on the right wing for, for yeah. The, for I mean, two out of three, game, two so. out of three successful dribbles, and for being yep. you know the opposite number of of you know probably one of if not Halifax's standout players, um, in James, uh, in yep. Ryan James was you know very impressive. You know, dribbling past him twice was was extremely yep. impress- impressive. Um, you look at the other side of it, and you know, zero accurate crosses. We all saw what he attempted to do with his crosses. It was just not. But good. I, but I think we I think we can agree that he's not that type of player. No, he's, no, not, he's not. He's not the. He's not the drive to the corner and cross for a no, beautiful you know not. setup. No, he's more of the drive it down the right side of the field, then cut back and set exactly. up and play in the center. Exactly. So, and I mean, he did win um, some ground duels. He won four to seven did. ground yeah. duels. So I mean, here's a, here's a guy that can play, you know, wing back. If you want that little bit of defensiveness as well to pick up the ball back there and then advance it up the pitch. Um, yeah. I think, I think his partnership with Ollie Bassett this season is going to be fucking nuts. Um, yeah. I know that Ollie's with Baloo's last season was nuts, but like Ollie now being on the right side with Assi, I I think that we can expect I'm excited some to magic see it. there. I think yeah. everybody should be. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really yeah. excited to see what they do that. Especially if Selter starts actually performing and then the oh, three boy, of yes. the three of them can start running up that wing. That's I think we're in for a treat. Yes. I think uh mark our words, episode one. Here's our one of our first hottest takes of the season. Give us maybe five games and i think those two especially will gel to the point people are just going to be astonished what they can accomplish on that on that side of the field i think so i think you're absolutely right so i'll come back and replay this in five games and probably (laughs) be like what the fuck were you thinking (laughs) (laughs) oh and also we have um i mean i i didn't clear this with anyone but we have inside info that asks you know quote unquote injury you know he had to go off injured you're all so you you guys are about to get some hardcore inside information as the far, in, inner bowels of ATO right now. As far as we know, it was just a cramp, so he should be fine. 
Ah, uh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I mean, I'm also like uh, a little worried that a you know an 18 year old young guy like that gets a cramp after See, 62 minutes. But I'm again, not. maybe I, it was the heat. Maybe it was. Well, the, well, here's this, what I, that's that's know? exactly what I was gonna say. First game of the season, extremely hot. Um, you know, not everyone true, is completely true. match fit yet. He's also just a you know he's what we would call a pacey winger. So his entire game yeah. is around being very fast up and, and down, running up very and down, fast. Yeah. So yeah. yep, I'm not too worried. No, I, I, I feel that. So, again, good news for all you guys out there that are listening. You're welcome for that. And by you're welcome, I mean Johnny is saying you're welcome, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got some hot hot goss there. The tea is out. So The tea has been the tea, spilled. The tea has been spilled to all of you guys out there. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, those are probably my big three. Yeah, um, me too. Ollie, Assi, and, and Verhoeven. Although, yeah. I have to give honorable mentions this yep. week. Um, I liked... Gianni Dos Santos, I liked yeah. him. Um, his speed, I think, when he starts to click with the attacking structure that we have, is going to mm-hmm. be he's just going to be a monster. I think yeah. at that point, um, just burning, burning, burning defenders. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be good. Um, and I gotta, I gotta give a, a second shout out, Zachary Bahus. Holy yeah. shit, the boy was our our under twenty one minute man last season, and mm-hmm. we ran him absolutely ragged, ragged <laughs> all season to get our minutes. Yeah. Um, and it was it was honestly kind of nice to see what he can do when he's not just gassed all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he he had more accurate passes than DeSantos, and he only played forty five minutes, right? So he, I mean, he won like, he won five of six of his ground duels. That's incredible. That's that's yeah. I mean that's that's so good, dude. Like it's it's fuck he did well. <laughs> yeah. So so. <laughs> it just brought a new keep keep doing what you're doing man yeah no it just like like we said at the beginning it brought a whole new sort of dynamic to our midfield because you know we had basically an empty shirt out there and then you throw him into the mix and you know it just gave us more of that strength up the middle and the ground duel is one thing is really funny because like obviously he's not super super young i mean he is super young he's not under 21 anymore but he's still only 21 years old so he still can kind of look like bambi out there sometimes like yeah <laughs> he'll come out with the ball on the break after a ground duel but it's like how did you stumble your way into that one <laughs> we're not sure <laughs> but he comes out with it at the end of it so i'm not going to ask any questions yeah yeah for sure but plus uh, he's got I mean, this his... new slick look now oh, he's got like it's got like but... a new haircut and everything and he's like more buffed and stuff like, I'm, oh, man, i mean i'm down mission. with the buff part i'm on the fence about the hairstyle though it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he is on a mission but you know what? If it if it improves his aerodynamics or something, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him be used the way that he should be in a squad, rather than being overused as a workhorse to get minutes. Well, and I think that that's going to be the the way forward this season is yeah. is we have again we we talked about it last season. Last season we had a, a decently deep bench. I'm gonna hazard a a, a, a hot take now to say mm. that our bench is much deeper this season oh my than it God. was last season yeah okay and... you know absolutely i mean let's i'm gonna read off who we had on our bench on saturday mm. malcolm shaw zakaria yes. bahus carl wamet yep. abubakari sacco mcdonald neba sean melvin and junior Gekim. that is the best bench i think we've ever had in our history as a team <laughs> i would i would agree with that um and again, every single just... one of those players bar maybe junior because he's never played pro but otherwise than that every single one of those players could start in this 11 true and i and i think junior could start just because like the fan base is hype as fuck for that guy so <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're pretty stoked to see him out there yeah. at some point on the field yeah. so 
no, it, it was really good, honestly. And, and I, I really like to see what Bahus has done. I think the depth is good. I think that, again, the pieces are there. Mm-hmm. We just need Carlos to put the puzzle together. And if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. Yeah, and I'm, ex- I'm excited for our subs to be tactical subs and not fucking under 21 minute subs <laughs> not hey we need we need we need you to just go out there and play 90 minutes to get us minutes and god just don't i fuck can't up, wait to not talk about that all this season it's gonna be great we have because i mean we had assy and antonaro both playing you know assy did assy yep. play the 90 i think almost he, no 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 uh, he didn't you guys thought he played, played 62 62, 62. Yeah. and then antonaro played 45 i mean we're we're gold so that's 100 minutes we're already in, in game one we're gonna so. Be so yeah, yeah seeing actual tactical subs based on what the game needed, which Cargo did on Saturday as well, by the way, um, mm-hmm. is what I'm very much looking forward to see. Agreed. And I think we are all there with you. Yeah. So the unfortunate part of the episode, disappointments. Dun, dun, I mean, dun. why don't we just get Antonaro out of the way? Because we've already mentioned it a couple of times. <laughs> True. I, I am really <laughs> Yeah, I'm very stoked on this kid. We'll just we'll start off by saying that. Yeah, I think that all of us, when, when we saw the signing on the offseason, all of us were pretty stoked about yeah. it um he has a, a fairly good pedigree and i think that we were hoping that he would maybe fill a little bit of the the gap that we had in that position on the on the pitch in the in the mids um honestly i think i i'm with you on the fact that i feel like he was just fucking lost out there yeah. i feel like he's just like floating without kind of a, a place to be for most of the match yeah i don't th- i don't think he was playing in his best position in his best system he he wasn't set up to succeed, really, I don't think. Um, and, as we said, it was literally his first professional game in his career. So, sure. I mean, you know, it's it's whatever. It's fine. Everyone has to start somewhere. And, I mean, I know I wasn't at the, the preseason game against Montreal under 23s last season. But I know everyone that was, was like, who is that number 10 kid out there? Like, yeah. he had some banger of a shot outside the 18 that, like, pinged off of the crossbar. And was like, who the hell is this? And then a year later, we signed him. So yeah. we, and that was, that was Gabriel Antonaro. So I'm really excited about what this kid can grow into. Yep. Um, obviously, you know, he didn't have a barn burner of a debut. Who does? Not many people. So um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm especially excited for when we get the finalized midfield that we actually really want. And then maybe we can free him up to play, you know, more in the, his preferred sort of role. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was kind of. I was kind of surprised, I guess, in a way that that we put him out there over Bahus to start. Yeah, um, because I, I do think that Antonoro maybe is a almost like a Zach Verhoeven, like we bring him on as like a technical kind of yeah, like a like a nine or a ten to 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 support Ollie late in the game and bring on fresh legs and have him be able to do that because he is a young he's a young guy and he's got the stamina probably to, to go out and do that yeah. i mean he had solid passing 94 percent accurate passes this game so like he has the acumen to do that it's just tough because i think yes it's his per- first professional game was there a miscommunication between him and luke saying that led to the goal yeah i, I think anyone who watched the game saw that happen yeah. um for coverage but I'm not going to write off Antonoro after one kind of mediocre game. I no. think that him, I think that having him, even just if he's a sub in or, or whatever, I think is, is an asset to our team. Um, and we've seen what he can do. You're right. We saw what he could do with the under 23 Montreal club. Um, and I think that ATO has developed a fairly good reputation and, and, and um, relationship with cf montreal that we were able to kind of like lean on them a little bit for some of their younger players and their mm. development camps and things like that to be able to give them those opportunities 
um, that I want to see continue. And Ansonaro is a perfect example of of the type of player that we can pull from that that academy system. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, there's only what do you have? Do we, do we have him on a two plus one? I can't remember, but I mean, obviously he's in like I see as a loan, so, yeah. but Ansonaro we just have as a signing. So, um, I mean, I in my opinion, we started him because I think Bahus is in a hundred percent fit. I mean, anyone yeah. anyone that's been watching our preseason knows that. And we had a mailbag question about this that I cut because this isn't a locker room episode anymore, but I will mention it now that, I mean, someone was worried, where's Bahus? Because he wasn't playing in any of our preseason games. He wasn't really um, featuring a lot in, like, social media for preseason. So, I, I mean, I think if anyone puts two and two together, they'll see that maybe he wasn't completely fit coming into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that otherwise, he probably starts, you know? Yep. So, But Antonio had to start instead, so, I mean... It is what it is. It is what it is. So So we'll see. We'll see what happens on Wednesday, I suppose. Yes. So again, uh, disappointment with an asterisk because it was obviously his first professional match, and we can't be too hard on him. So now let's go into a disappointment Um, without an asterisk. Oh boy, Sam Salter. Let's go. Let's go towards the first player that any CPL team has bought from another CPL team. (laughs) Yeah, first time ever there was a transfer fee paid between two teams, Mm. and it was Sam Salter. Um. I think both you and I, as well as the greater city community, were a bit surprised with that pickup in the offseason. Yes. Um, obviously, we saw some some players that we had been maybe eyeing up that came to fruition. Mm-hmm. We saw some other like far reach players that we were hoping to get. And then suddenly we signed Sam Salter and everyone was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> For an undisclosed so, transfer fee. Double yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is going exactly. on? And again, you know, in cargo, we trust. I trust Carlos had a a good reason to do it. I mean, he had 11 goals at Halifax last season, but I mean, six of his last seven goals were penalty kicks. And we had the, you know, all the memes last season about Sam Salter, Penn Merchant. We literally Uh, made memes about this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I was kind of personally, I was hoping for a bit of a surprise in in Sam in the opener because he is, he's a big guy. He has a presence in the 18 yard box. Mm -hmm. He has, you know, that kind of offensive capability that we were kind of looking for. And really he was by and large, just a fucking ghost. Uh, Except for the giveaway that caused Halifax to score. Except for the giveaway that caught that. No, exactly. And I mean, like, I'm also... I, I guess to get that out of the way, I'm not going to put that completely on him because that's no, it's not. It's not 100 percent his fault. Acosta yeah. shouldn't have passed it to him. Like he, he wasn't in. He was tracking back and he was being covered by their bigs number six. So he shouldn't have been getting the ball in the first place. But however, he's also a tall boy. He you shouldn't be bullied like that. And you're right. Yeah. His giveaway, or rather, his dispossession, led to that goal. And to yeah to say that this was a disappointing debut i think is is even downplaying and i mean that was almost a downright offensive debut i think that you know there was only two out of seven ground duels one you're supposed to be a big striker that can hold the ball up zero aerial duels one zero 19 touches in 72 minutes nine accurate passes yeah it was just no successful dribbles dribbled past once i mean Uh. it was just well, and, and the, hard, the hardest part, too, was that all was capped off when he whiffed on that <laughs> that, that huge chance between him and Gianni. Oh, I the cutback? Not- yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, he, and honestly, yeah. all of this bullshit could have been, like, redeemed if he just buried that bad boy and been like, oh, yeah, he's, uh, a, he's a poacher. He just gets in his chances and doesn't really do much else. But you couldn't <laughs> no, even be do like, that. He's a, he's a better Brian Wright. Like, yeah, that's what, I, that's what we that. would have been saying right now. Yeah. So Zero um, shots, bro. He didn't even shoot not- the ball. None, and he was our he was our striker for that match. So, yeah. Uh, again, I, I 
it's frustrating to watch that. Uh, not a great debut, yeah. but I am interested to see how, after this performance, Carlos is going to start shaping him into the player that we want him to be in well, the system. I am, like, I am willing to chalk a lot of this disappointing debut up to um, what we were talking about earlier as far as our pieces up front not really clicking with yeah. one another. Um, because I mean, he made the wrong run almost every time. Uh, you know, a lot of the time <laughs> yeah, he, he would, um, a lot of the time he would make the run to where DeSantos already was, or um, he yeah, there's a couple the, times where I was like, I feel like they're gonna run into each other. Yeah, no, and or he would make the or or the pat the through ball to him was too heavy, maybe because yeah. of the turf. That was another thing as well, and I, and I would be like, why aren't you chasing it? I'm like, of course you're not chasing. It's too far. The pass was too heavy. Like some that happened a lot. You know, we had a lot of but through also, balls that that Sammy should have gotten on the end of, and you know, six like you said, six games down the line, that pass is going to be weighted a whole lot better, and he'll be able to run onto the end of it. But um, I I I think he was kind of like, and I mean, last season was the same situation. All of our shortfalls almost landed on the striker. You know, yeah. everyone's shortfalls. Uh, the the most sort of blatant example of all of our shortfalls came to light on the striker stats and sort of they sort of almost unfairly got the short end of the stick i know brian wright suffered that all last season from us and well but again brian wright suffered that all last season but you know were we disappointed in all of our strikers last season i don't think so i think mm-hmm. malcolm shaw went out there and, and actually gave an effort and even in games where he wasn't like incredible mm-hmm. you know at least he still put the effort in i mm-hmm. felt and I think a lot of people out there felt like Brian was the the consummate poacher of a, of a striker, which are which is important in, yeah. a, in a structure team like us, where you know it's kind of like a a counter attacking team. But the biggest part of that for us was the fitness to be able to chase the ball down, and we didn't yeah. see that with Brian Wright. And I really hope that we do start seeing that from Sam Salter because I think that he has that in him, yeah. And he has that drive to do that. It's just yep. getting him in the right position, yeah. Um, and you know what? There's an intangible here. I think that not a lot of people have talked about. This is his first game playing against his old team. Yeah, that. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I mean, this is, it's funny. We're almost doing the the like, you know, we shit on him in the beginning of like the segment, and then now we're building up as to why it's really not that bad of a deal. But but I mean, it's true. It's true though. No, it is though. First game in a new system as well. I mean, he was with Halifax for what two three years, and now he's playing a completely different system against his old team. And yeah. um, you know, we were just doing the whole Brian Wright comparison. I don't get Brian Wright vibes from Sam Salter. At no, all. I don't. At, at all. all, no, not because at least at least Sam Salter like managed to run down the ball when he had to, and that yeah. was something I think that we talked about a lot late last season. Was like, it's nice to see Brian has nice feet. He does what he does, but man, he was lazy in a lot of the games and just like didn't track back when we wanted him to. And I I I saw Sam tracking back. Yeah, he's playing a high striker position, but at least he managed to put a little bit of pressure when when Halifax had the ball and they were using their offense, you know, to their to their benefit. Yeah, I think we, I mean we were talking earlier about how we can't wait for like Ollie and Assy to really start clicking. I can't wait for everyone to start clicking with Sammy as well because I really think like once those through balls get weighted perfectly, he's just the man that can run onto the end of them and just hit him first time, and we yeah. can just start banging in goals like this. Yes, I think so, it's bound to happen. Yeah, we've so, never had again, a striker like him. No, and again, once he I think settles into this into structure that is ATO cargo ball, I think I think he's going to be a real asset. So there awesome. you go. That's that's our disappointments. And honestly, <laughs> we didn't really have money other than that. I, I think. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, the rest. I mean, there. 
obviously were performances that weren't incredible, but a lot of them were like, oh, he played for 18 minutes. It's like you can't really <laughs> shit on a guy for playing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, a third of the game or a fifth of the game or whatever. So I do want to shout out to uh, Miguel Acosta because like he he put in oh, the shift, but Miguel. also near the end, near the end, he had like a run into the box that started the sequence that ended up. And then he had the little cross that came over and then ended up with the header that didn't go in. But then the sequence was ended with the penalty shout. Oh, and yes. Like that, yeah. whole, that whole sequence with the ball in wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him just sort of inverting and then running into the box. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> Was and he playing right that, wing back at that point? Did he switch uh, out? I think he had because that's when Wimek came on, right? So Yeah, and yeah. And he so, had been so, taken off. So he, he, he played. So he was pushed and up then, a little bit. And yeah. then Jenkins had mentioned that on the broadcast as well. He's like, how he's running down this ball after being on the pitch. Oh, yes, time, I remember I that. no yeah. idea. He spends a whole yeah. game playing as a right center back and all of a sudden just slips right into right wing back because he needs to. I mean, but I think that's but I, I think that's classic Saint Miguel. Miguel. Yeah, you. Saint Miguel, man. There's a reason. There's a reason you're a saint yeah. <laughs> with with the, with with us in the CCSG. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was incredible to just watch him go up and down the field. Like his stamina in a game. Yeah, it's did he have the best game of his entire CPL career? No, yeah. but was he the this the kind of workhorse on that right wing, both in the CB and in the wing back role where we needed him? Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think that he he lifted the pressure off of some of the other players so that they could do what they're doing yep. and cut into the middle while Miguel was able to run up and down and up and down and up and down for the entire go. match. So <laughs> yeah, the guy's uh, he's an energizer buddy, man. I don't know where he gets all that energy he's to be man. honest. He's the man. Yeah. He's right. the man. Areas of improvement. Oh boy. What you uh, something, I, uh, you know what? Something I thought I would never say after last season, but here we are. Uh, defense. Yeah. Holy fuck. No, the, the, um, the, cl- the clusterfuck resulting in their goal was very disappointing to watch. Well, and it wasn't just that one. There was like two or three chances after that, that every single time I was just literally like yelling at my TV, like, what the fuck, boys? <laughs> because I'm so used to Atletico Ottawa playing such a strong, structured defense yeah. that anything that any any ball that makes it kind of into the top of the 18 area, I was never worried about last season. Because yeah. I was like, you know what? It's probably going to get passed out to the ends and, or to the to the side the bylines and they yeah. crossed in and Diego's and or, or, or yeah. Z- oh, yeah, Diego or Drew Becky are going to clear it out. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Whatever. I was not worried this time. I was like, Ooh, like the entire time. Like, we'll be getting so, sliced apart, man. There's through balls coming through. I was like, uh, what are you buddy, letting, why so, are you letting this happen? So I, th- I think we're both on the same page. Like I would have just loved to see a little more pressure mm-hmm. on the ball carrier because we were kind of letting them do what they wanted with it yeah. and actually being able to stop control and then just have a look and dish off wherever they needed to dish off. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, our, our defense needs to do a bit of a better job of, of scanning for the run throughs because you're right. We got cut up pretty hard, including the goal, yeah. but just in general on, on these like little kind of back and forth, back and forth. And then a give off to someone who was making a sprint in through the 18. Like yeah. it, it literally like made my heart hurt. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, like, uh, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat, uh, honestly, for for most of the game I, on those well, plays, no, and I and I hate that. doing that because I I've hate, never I been. I hate getting on being on the receiving end of like good football. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> well, and I think it's because we're used to being on the receiving end of good football, but knowing that our our defense is the strongest can shut that bedrock down. of yeah. our team so yeah, we're just exactly. like yeah you're playing great but like yeah. you gotta try and get through our defense you're and no one play. can good luck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and now i'm a little more like Ooh. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so I would call it that. I think that's my area for improvement. What about you? No, I totally agree. It was, well, I mean, other than the obvious, which is, you know, having a little bit more solidity in the midfield, because our entire game plan with, for the most part, was switching play long balls diagonally, and just trying to attack yeah. on the opposite wing, which is fine because it worked a lot. Like, we got into a lot of dangerous positions doing that, but... um but it again, just, that, those dangerous be, positions only only happen after we stretch the field. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice to be able to play up through the middle. I mean, yeah, we would love to see it. So yeah, that mm-hmm. and obviously you know you know defense. It was I didn't yep. I did not yeah. like some of the things that I saw. Um, I did not <laughs> yeah. like that goal that we gave up at all. I mean, we did not oh we did gosh. not look like ATO at all. Giving that was amateur that hour shit. No, it was I just terrible. remember like walking into the kitchen and just being like, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then hearing the stat it's like all of last season they never went down uh oh my god yes I to be like, shut up adam jenkins a, shut like, up right and i mean we did come back <laughs> for the draw but after hearing that stat i was like oh my god we're gonna lose this game aren't we yeah yeah we're gonna lose real. this game re- at home weird. in the home opener they've got a bunch of fans in the house it's gonna be embarrassing <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. that did not happen, but very, very thank, well. Thank, thank God for Ollie Bassett. <laughs> Speaking of moment of the match, it's obvious. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the obvious answer is Ollie's goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's the obvious one. Uh, so I'll go with a different one. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to call the moment of the match the last 15 minutes of play. Okay. Because, um, you know, I know that's kind of a, a generalization, but we were hella shaky to yeah. start to start that start that game um but i really really do think that going into like kind of garbage time in the second half i know that people have always said like oh well ato is a second half team mm-hmm. or you know carlos does something in the locker room that makes the boys come out and like actually like play the way that they're supposed to play in the mm-hmm. second half um yeah you know what yes we are a second half team i think all of us can see that um from last season it kind of continued this season because we had a, we struggled a bit in the first 45 mm-hmm. but I do think that the last 15 minutes just really gave me hope that like with a few tweaks and some gelling between the players in particular, like, like Gianna Dos Santos, Asi Verhoeven in the middle, um, you know, once they kind of like start to work with Ollie Bassett, once Sam Salter gets kind of his feet under him, um, I think this year's squad is, is just as good. If not, you know what, I'm going to say it. It's probably better. Mm. It's probably better offensively for sure than last year is is our defense as as strong right now as our defense end season last season absolutely not mm. but we'll get there and i think i would rather trade that and get a little bit more offensive kind of fire i, I personally i would i would trade that i think um and also like how fucking awesome was gianni's attempt at that like acrobatic strike 88 minutes the cross oh, where he bro. like came down, and i was like if he had put that in the net i would have just i would have just lost it i would have lost it i well, think everybody lost it. It was, i was worried he was gonna get injured there but so um, i was <laughs> how okay. sick would that goal have been no, it would have been amazing and the thing is is that it would have also been like storybook because this whole game for me had 2021 home opener written all over it remember our yeah. first ever home game I against do. halifax as well yeah they get the early goal and then we tied it up near the end of the first half. And then Brian Wright scores the late winner in yep. front of the dub. And I was like, then the script is the same script. Yeah. <laughs> like we might score the late winner in front of the dub. Like we might see this really happen. So no, I, yeah. I, 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 I thought it was going to happen, but yeah, it wasn't yeah to we be. all did, but you know, it wasn't to be, however, um, I think that the pieces are there for it to make, for it to happen again in the, uh, in the, 
not so distant future for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. for, for a different take on all of this, you've heard all enough right. from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG Mailbag. It is the mailbag, everybody. Mailbag. It's the first and inaugural mailbag of the 2023 CPL season, mm-hmm. 2023 ATO after the whistle season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the segment of the podcast, uh, where you all get to send in your questions, your hot takes, your cold takes, your stupid jokes, whatever you want to send in to Johnny and I, we will probably read it on the air and give our own comments or answer if we can. Um, so it's honestly, it's one of the best parts of being a member of CCSG is that you get your own part of the podcast that is tailored just for you, just for you. Just for you. I would like to start this one with a bit of a uh, serious moment. Um, this okay. was uh, brought to our attention. We all we all saw it, but it was brought to our attention as a possible mailbag segment for the last episode of the locker room that did not end up happening for various reasons. But a couple of weeks ago, our former goalkeeper Dylan Powley had announced the tragic and untimely passing of his brother Nicholas on March thirtieth. Uh, In the wake of this terrible news, the Pally family has started a GoFundMe page to raise donations for local mental health organizations with the mission of preventing tragedies like this from happening to other families. I think we can all put two and two together. We've all been Mm. through situations like this, I think. Um, We can all bond over the immense tragedy that happens when uh, this happens to young people and their, their families and their friends. Um, you can find the link to this GoFundMe on Dylan's Twitter. Um, on behalf of ourselves and our group, we want to express our deepest and most heartfelt condolence, condolences to Dylan, his mother Angela, his father Craig, and the whole Pally family and the circle of friends. Um, it's hard to put things like this into words, but know that we're all thinking of you and we all hold you close to our hearts. And if any of you need to talk about anything, you can reach out to anyone in in uh, uh, in this group because you know there's always an ear and a shoulder if you need it. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, well put. So on sure. on to decidedly less important things. <laughs> True. We will go forward with the mailbag. Patty. All right. I'll start yes. with you here. Go for it. This is a basic question, but important. Only twenty players signed. Do we need to worry about having a thin roster? No, um, I. This is a premature I, question because we actually have signed a twenty first since then. We signed junior since this question was submitted. True. So, um, no, I, uh, yeah, I think that the concern is 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 a valid one. I think the concern of being like, okay, well, we're we're going into the season kind of not at full strength, um, kind of not where we want to be exactly, mm. um, is is a concern. I think that everyone out there that watches this team and and loves this club has. However, um, I'm going to say provided that there's no serious injuries or is- issues with the the team that we currently have i think that i mean you look at even the situation we're in right now where we've got um carl howarth uh and zach verhoven both out on in, on on injury mm. um and we're still able to field the team that we feel it really doesn't affect us at all does it i don't it? think so no in the grand scheme so of things. so so i think that it is a concern i don't 
necessarily think we have a thin roster because I mean, Johnny talked about it a little bit earlier in the, in the pod, like look how deep our bench is right yeah. now. And that's without our captain. And you know, <laughs> one of the, one of the greatest super subs the team has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. so I, I think that once they're back and then maybe Carlos can kind of look out outward and see maybe where we have some, some kind of gaps and what we could potentially look at to fill those gaps. I mean, I think that, it's only up from here. So I, I think that it's a concern, but I also think that it's a bit of an opportunity too, because it gives us that room over the course of the season to say like, Hey, we're clearly seeing that there's a bit of a gap in X, Y, Z position. Maybe that's what we look for to pick up someone mid season. Yeah. I I don't think that we have a thin roster by virtue of just being like, we should have more players, but I think we have a thin roster by virtue of the next question, which is what is the position you still think that we're lacking depth in? And that is number six. That's defensive midfielder. So defensive, um, the DM man. Yeah, exactly. So I don't like, I I'm, I'm kind of like you. I like keeping open roster spots by virtue of being in a part of the world where our league is sort of not lined up with Europe's. And we've seen that uh, used advantageously in the past. I mean, last season, Ivan Perez, Sergio Camus. I mean, he's a player that literally started in the final, is a player that we brought in, you know, two-thirds of the way through the season. So we, we, as our club, the way we like to recruit, we cannot go into the season with a full 23-man roster. That's obvious. Yeah. So I think 2021 players is probably the sweet spot for us. But I do think we're thin insofar as we just do not have any midfield depth. We do not have a starting defensive midfielder. Um, I think that we absolutely need to have one before we really start getting going into the season. That's my take. Yeah, I, I agree <clears throat> with that. So uh, based on uh, Fernando's tweet, uh, we just need to sign Atiba Hutchinson and he can fill that <laughs> nice number six role and then we can just go from there. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. 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 So what is what what is this is a good one? What's more important on opening day? Three points or evidence of an evolving style under cargo? Um full disclosure, I would have loved to see three points. I think that we we got a bit robbed uh in the officiating department. I think that Ollie potentially could have scored. So there was a lot of ifs mm-hmm. and kind of what ifs scenarios going on in the in the match that could have given us the three points. With that being said, I think the true win was seeing all of the kind of cards on the table that Carlos is working with this season and seeing how he utilized them in the first and the second half of the match. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that that seeing that is almost more important than picking up the three points because it gave us a chance to fully understand the the, the structure and the team that he's building right now. Um, so I'm going to lean more towards the evolving style under cargo. Mm-hmm. And when we see evolving, I mean, obviously this isn't like a rapid ev- ev- evolution of a fish coming out of the ocean and fucking walking on land here. We're talking like this fish is just getting like better fins or like, a, you know, you know, can breathe better underwater or something. <laughs> um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tried and true cargo style, um, but it's just a little bit better this season, I think. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he's going to use some of these pieces to to further that style. Because as much as people around the league and people, you know, other fans or whatever think that the style might be boring or might be whatever they think that our style is, I personally enjoy watching the technical style of football that Carlos has brought to to ATO, mm-hmm. um, and I'm hoping to see a bit more of that. Um, I think that this team and the roster has a little bit more bite 
than last season. So, you know, to see that plus the defensive acumen of, of Carlos Gonzalez is going to be really interesting to watch this season. I'm going to be on the complete other side of that fence and Ooh, say that for right. opening home opener, I want to see three points. I don't give a shit how we get them. <laughs> Fight me. Fight this me, is, I mean, Johnny. this is Fight going me. to, other than possibly making the playoffs or a yeah. final, this is probably the highest attendance match of the year. Yeah. And this is the game that you want to bring. You want to really show the people what they can get and you want to bring them back for. And especially now, and it's, last year I would have been like, I want to see our new style of play because we're a new team with a new coach. Now we've won the league. We have a reputation to uphold. We have expectations now. I want three points the first day of the season, and I don't care how we get them. And that's part of yeah, the reason fair. why I was disappointed that we did not get them. One, but yeah. obviously because of the decision to not get a penalty. But two, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have to be blaming the ref to not get three points on opening day. We should be getting three points on opening day. So for me, true. that's more important. True, true. But again, counter counterpoint. As 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 much as it can be disappointing to see a draw at home on a home opener in front of seven thousand fans, if you're gonna draw, that's the fucking way to do it. That Ollie Bassett goal like ignited the crowd yeah. for the rest of the game. And I mean, so I would rather I would rather go down a point and then tie and go in go out with a draw than score early on and then concede yeah, the no, draw I mean, later. You're right. So. You're right. I mean, but like these are like you know. But these are, oh, it could have been worse scenarios, you know? Mm. Yeah, but you're playing me, it could have been better scenarios, so. (laughs) (laughs) And it could have been worse. I I was there for the home opener in the last season of the Fury, and we lost 3-0 to Nashville. That was awful. (laughs) (laughs) That sucked. And the third goal was a former Fury player as well. Like, the whole day just sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Um, all right. Let me let me toss one to you here. Uh, with the caveat that ATO are tenants at TD Place, mm-hmm. what are some of the in-game experiences that you would like to see to enhance it for the fans? Hmm. So obviously me and you don't, uh, <laughs> we're not every week match day going fans because we do. Oh, we get a live stream though through most of the group chats. We do. So. We do get this. <laughs> um, I'd say for me, it's just, it's a very basic answer, but um, I know that the last, and I hate to bring up the Fury all the time, but the last season of the Fury, they did a thing called fan first pricing where everything was, everything in concession stands was a little bit cheaper. Um, Yeah. So the beers were like $8 instead of $10. Oh, yeah. And that's like, I mean, the thing is, is that beers at all sporting events are always prohibitively expensive. and. I know that obviously the tickets are far cheaper than any other thing in town. So you, you, it's, 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 you're kind of, you know, begging and choosing to be like, oh, I also want the beer to be cheaper. But, that's, mm. but for me, it's like one or two food items that are super cheap and then also the beer not being prohibitively expensive. It's probably the biggest thing that I care about. Yeah, you look at the like the two dollar hot dog day or whatever we had last season. It was, it was incredible. Shit, I, I just love that stuff. Yeah, you know, I brought I brought my I brought my daughter. She was six mm-hmm. at the time, and she just crushed a bunch of hot dogs. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? As many as you want. Yeah, like, well, there you go. Like so, and even just like one, yeah, one food item like a game is a pretty clutch thing as well. Like, oh, it's going to be like yeah. half off or whatever. But uh, you're almost kind of asking the wrong people because we just care about the football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't true. Care, we don't care true. about anything else. Like, we're just there to be in the dub and then to watch the football. I guess it's more like, you know, the people that are bringing their families and the people that are, 
more casual, maybe sitting in the middle or up in the up in the loges or whatnot, that are like, oh, I would like to see a, a different halftime act or something. Like, meanwhile, uh, John. Meanwhile, Johnny's like, I want cheap beer. I want cheap beer. <laughs> like, well, I, at halftime, I am going and rocking a piss and grabbing as many cheap beers as I can get. I don't even know who's performing at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to give him credit, man. The Wiener Dog Race was fire oh, at halftime. I never, that was awesome. <laughs> that, that stuff's cool though. That stuff. That stuff is cool too. Yeah. Yeah. It's for sure. So. Yeah, I think there. I think there. I think you're right. I think there is a lot of in-game experiences to enhance it for fans. I think what they're doing with some of the theme nights is good. I like that they're not going too too crazy with the theme nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's just that like this season, beach the ones theme, that announced, or like '80s yeah. theme, or whatever. Yeah, like. All the ones that they announced, I think were, were far were good. better. Because yeah. um, we were a little bit worried. Because we've, I think, all of us, especially you, OG Fury guys from before, have seen some yeah. real wild theme yeah. nights. And by wild, I mean awful. Yeah, <laughs> some real so, wild attempts to get random day trippers to come in. With exactly, theme exactly. Nights, yeah. So, and instead, the you know the atmosphere has been built up in TD Place that the day, the the theme is secondary to the experience, yeah. which I think is really good. Well, everyone's like, uh, everyone's sort of, you know, learning and getting better every year, right? So, mm-hmm. what, from from the players to the coach to OSEG to the fans. So, I mean, yep. just the fact that there's evidence of growth there is great. You know, like we're not stuck stagnant at all. Like everything moves forward, forward every single time. So, it's yep. good. Um, where are we at here? Let me look. Cause we got a lot here because we do have some of the ones that we hear from uh, the last episode as well. So hefty, hefty mailbag. I'm down with it though. Yeah, no, it's cool. With the cat, yeah, with the cat. No, we already did that one. Atletico Ottawa started. Is a good one. Started six new players at the weekend, but two of the best moves of the game came when returning players combined with Bahus and Shaw involved. Do you think Carlos missed a trick by starting so many new partnerships in game number one? Ooh, ooh, that's a. So yeah, six out of eleven starters were new. That's a that's a spicy one. Um, do I think he missed a trick by starting so many new partnerships? Um, potentially. I'm going to say I'm I'm gonna uh, yeah. I think that it's always a, a bit of a, a scary thing. I think for a manager to pull on a bunch of new players, put them through kind of six to eight weeks of training, even if it's with Atleti in in Madrid. Um, and you have the best facilities and, you know, the, the best support and stuff from our parent club. Um, I think I think there is always going to be a challenge to put that together from paper to practice. Yeah. So um, it, it, I think it, Carlos was in a different difficult position. He has a lot of pieces, but a lot of the pieces are new on the board. So he's had to do what he had to do with them. Um, I think that, again, I talked about it earlier, I think maybe who's being out a bit earlier over Antonoro and bringing Antonoro in later might have been a change that could have could have changed things up or maybe it would have fucked it all up. I don't know because yeah. again we're just a bunch of armchair you know football managers here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I I do think that maybe he he missed that aspect. I don't know if it's because we weren't. Again, I think that Carlos has come to expect a certain level of performance from Bahus, but that level of performance was contingent on the fact that he was just busting out under 21 minutes for like a gajillion minutes a game yeah. um, all season long. And then it was amazing to see some of the stuff that him and, and Malcolm Shaw were able to put together or, or him and Ali Bassett were able to put together. So um, I think that, yeah, maybe maybe Carlos did miss miss a little bit by by trying to jam together a bunch of new partnerships. But I also think that that is part of 
the team that Carlos is building this season. I think that's part of the the structure and the and the family, you know, within ATO writ large that he's trying to put together. Mm. Um, so I think that pulling those new players in is is the most integral part of that because you're trying to bring in people who are outsiders, quote unquote, into some something that we already had leaving last season because mm. you're right like you talked about it earlier we have some silverware in the cabinet we have that we have that kind of like legacy now and to to pull in players that are either from other teams or from other leagues and blend them into what we're currently working with is a challenge and i think that yes i think anytime you're putting new players on the field you're going to miss opportunities but i don't think that him missing opportunities really gave us too much of a disadvantage in that game no, because it's, because if if we do an exercise, be like, okay, let's look at the new player on the pitch, uh, compared to their equivalent old player on the bench, and yeah. I'd say you know like the only ones really that might have been negative were Salter instead of Shaw, and yeah. Antonoro maybe instead of Bahus. And yeah. that's about yeah, I would it. Agree with that. Other than that, you when you're looking at the bench, you're not really seeing anyone that you would immediately put on ahead of a starter no and i think you would have seen a little bit of a difference in structure if if carl howarth is healthy too right like yeah maybe there would have been a little bit more because again grain of salt with this entire question we're missing our captain the yeah. home opener yeah the you know the guy who's been captaining this team in the basically the entire offseason and he can't play because of an injury yeah. so obviously that's going to change things up on the pitch yeah 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 no, it's and I mean right. I wouldn't necessarily put Neba on for Singh because I thought Singh was great. So yeah, Singh was he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, so I don't. So yeah, I don't think that we necessarily missed out that much. Um, no, I thought that we had. <laughs> I thought that we kind of had to start Salter the first game in this game. It's just it was just yeah. written in the well, cards. Well, I mean, it's playing his old team, yeah, right? So it was written in the cards. So because as much as it probably maybe rattled sam salter to play his old team like it's always daunting to play against a guy that like was one of your talisman strikers mm-hmm. in the last season mm-hmm. yeah you want him to get that opportunity to score against his old team for sure exactly and he'll get it again probably on wednesday so yeah. oh my god speaking uh, of, well i don't want to shit on salter this much with such a lackluster performance from Salter, oh, do you boy. think we are still in trouble offensively and if so how can we fill that gap i don't think we are and i think that we're fine. i i, I <laughs> I don't. I honestly, again, we've talked about it. I don't think we're in trouble offensively. No, not at all. Do we have some developing to do offensively? One thousand percent. Yeah, but but that's with the pieces that we already have. Like we're not like, hey, York has this incredible team on paper, but can't put shit on the field. Yeah, (laughs) like so. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, yeah. Let me hit you with this one. Um, uh, Halifax are a very different team this year. Based on the first game, where do you think they'll finish, and how embarrassed should we be for the draw? <laughs> um, I think that we should be a little embarrassed for the draw, just because, like I said, I want three points on opening day, no matter what. Um, I think that we should have done a lot better. I think we played a little bit limp. I think we played an away game at home against a team that really gave too much. Uh, pressure on us then we should have let them yeah. us, especially at home um where do i think that they'll finish i don't know yeah. i don't think about them so uh i don't care <laughs> oh like, I, like, I don't like i don't care like when like, where do you think his team's gonna finish and everyone's you know big up another team's being like i think they'll be good i think they'll be crap like i honestly do not care like they could maybe they'll make playoffs that'd be great you know they judging by that i didn't watch the other games so i don't know if everyone else is bad i mean york seemed pretty bad they freaking lost at home in their home over to 2-0 um 
um vancouver our brand new team i wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the playoffs i think f- we, and i mean more than half the league makes the playoffs now so yeah sure they'll probably make the playoffs yeah that'll yeah, be there that's my answer i guess um <laughs> try not to sound so salty john <laughs> john's like fuck it half the half the league makes the playoffs exactly, I don't care. <laughs> um on an episode oh no I, i'm not sorry this let's, is the same let's skip that question. one that's another sam salter one yeah we beat that one yeah. to death. Has our defense regressed this year, and do we have the tools to ensure it recovers? Um, first part of the question, I think, I think our defense has regressed a bit, and I don't, I don't think that's any fault of any of the players on the pitch. Mm-hmm. I think that is just more so the fact that our defensive structure was built around Diego, Drew Becky, and Abdu Sissoko. With a with a strong outside from Miguel um, mm. and Tiso on the left, so I th- I think that the the defensive effort we had last season was extremely structured and it was extremely coherent and the communication was there and you know by the end of the season we probably we had the best defensive line I think in the entire league yeah easy and then you go into this season and we kept Diego and Miguel and Tiso. Um, we lost Sissoko and Drew Becky. So two of our kind of like linchpin pieces in the middle. And I think that that's always going to, sh- going to kind of shake the foundation of a defensive structure. If you're pulling out two of their kind of key keystone pieces, mm. um, how do I, re- how do we, how do I think we ensure it recovers? I think that we continue to, to work with what we have. I think that we saw some flashes of brilliance from, from guys like Luke Singh working with Diego Espeo to kind of clear balls. Um, you know, Tiso still had a, had a pretty decent game up and down the left, and then Miguel did his thing on the right. So, um, I think that once we find a player who's going to fill that sixth position, it's actually going to unlock a lot of the potential that the back four currently has. Mm. Um, because we have to remember, you know, Diego's what twenty? He's twenty or twenty one right now. He's twenty. Twenty. So, so Diego's twenty. Uh, Luke Singh, I think, is twenty one. Um, so, you know, we have, we have a couple of young guys in the middle and I, I would like to see a little bit, maybe more m- of a mature person fill the role that Abdu Sissoko filled last season, mm. just to hold down that sixth position and free up Ali Bassett to kind of do what Ali Bassett does. So, um, I think we do have the tools. I think we just need to take a little more time to, to use those tools and, and make those tools work together with the other pieces that we have on the team. There you go. No, that's that's good. That's a good answer. And I mean, like, uh, obviously, Luke Singh's uh, performance in this past game sort of uh, made us a whole a lot of us sort of more calm than we had been originally because we were like, oh, here's a guy who was with Edmonton last season. Obviously, they were mm-hmm. awful. Um, mm-hmm. So anyone coming from them that wasn't an attacking player that had a, you know a few sort of flashing moments of brilliance was sort of you know i'm still i'm still salty we didn't sign gabby b tire but that's oh definitely <laughs> <laughs> but i mean they were all sort of marked with with uh with that scarlet e right it yep. was like oh man they're bad so uh and then i mean luke singh just sort of absolutely smashed all of those uh expectations expectations yeah. and just did very yep. well so no i think we have a good uh, uh circulation here of center backs and i think we're gonna be just as good as last season you know we might bring yeah. it. We might bring another ring or halfway through the season, like we did last season. Who knows? That would be great too. Who knows? Yep. Um, Gianni DeSantos and Ali Bassett had chemistry on the pitch right off the bat. Conversely, where do you see where improvements can be made so that the veterans and the new players can become a more cohesive unit? 
Oh man, that is a uh, um, yeah. I mean, I think that it's a good question. I mean, honest, especially when we're talking about like Salter and Antonaro, it's like who's going to bring them into the fold to you know make them part of the club? No, so, yeah, I think I think that I think that the first piece is just is just unfortunately as it is to say time. I think that it's going yeah. to take time yeah. for for these guys to really blend into the strategy that Carlos is building and the and the the family that Carlos Billy. Yeah. And I mean I think a lot of aside, anyone that followed ATO while they were on their preseason training in Madrid, you know, you could follow them on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And you were seeing kind of some of the the relationships that those guys were building over there. A, a piece, I think, a piece of, of of football that often gets overlooked is the fact that as much as there should be chemistry and and the ability to work together on the field, a lot of that is built off the field. Yeah, and, you know, two guys that are friends or three guys that are friends and then they all play together on the pitch mm-hmm. are going to play together than two guys that are just teammates. Yeah. So so I think that we just need to give them a little bit more time in order to become that cohesive unit because we saw it last season. I think the last season we started off, I'm going to call it decent to mediocre, much better than the prior season, Mm. but then look at how we played in games two and three of the 2022 season versus, you know, the playoffs or late in the season where essentially all of the players were moving as one machine. Um, So I think that Carlos is, is working towards that. um, And I would say time is going to be the most important factor in that. No, it's true. And I mean, obviously, last season took time because we had a brand new roster. And as we mentioned earlier in this episode, we have a- almost a brand new roster again. True. Um, and low key. And now not many people are talking about it. I mean, everyone uh, who hasn't really been following our offseason is like, oh, yeah, Ottawa regular season champs. Like, that's going to be a big team to beat. And then we're all sitting here like, man, we basically switched the whole team again. And like we kind of forgot to bring in midfielders, and uh, I, I <laughs> whoops, yeah, whoops, and I'm like afraid we're gonna let everyone's expectations down. Almost, you know, it's like, we still have this massive, Honestly, when, massive imposter but, imposter syndrome based on thinking that we didn't deserve to be where we were last season. You know, like but oh, when shit. Halifax when Halifax scored 16 minutes in, I was like, oh god, yeah, no, I was like, I was not, like not this is the beginning the- again. <laughs> Please, not again. Yeah, that's a that's a good honestly it's a good question i think i think the key, the key is going to be time um and time under carlos because i think carlos obviously has the master plan and and we all trust that he's doing what's best for for our what's best for our interests yeah. as super supportive ottawa fans and i know and i know we don't want the team to be like clicky because from what i've heard that was kind of a problem in 2021 but um, it's it you know it's it's not for nothing that a lot of our new players are Quebecois, so yeah. I'm sure they can uh, yeah, all I mean, you know help one another sort of become, uh, you know Zakwa and Bahus can really help you know Salter and Asi and Antonoro like you know get sort of bedded in with the squad here. Yeah, and I th- but I think that's the beauty of also having having the the Atletico de Madrid like like piece in our in our identity yeah. because. We're already coming in as a Spanish club from uh, a Spanish-owned club from uh, you know Spain. We do all of our training in Spain. We've already got that kind of like cultural shift of of Spanishness, and then you're adding in uh, you know Anglo Canada, Franco Canada. Like I and I think you see it in the dub too. You see you see the fact that we bring in fans from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds and languages and cultures, and I think that that's honestly the strength 
of ATO. That's the strength of the team is is bringing those guys in to say like, hey, you are from Quebec, I'm from Spain, I'm from you know Ontario, I'm from BC, and we're all playing together on this team that embraces all of those all of those kind of diverse backgrounds. Just a big happy family. Yeah, we're just a big happy family, real real cultural mosaic, and I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, I think we should do. You know what? Let's do. Let's do this last question. Uh, I think it should be you and then me. I'll, right. I'll pitch it to you, and then I'll and then I'll answer it as well. Okay. Um, so after York's defeat at YLS, awesome, uh, and, <laughs> awesome. And, and, and forged nearly losing to Cavalry at Tim Hortons Field, also awesome. Also awesome. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on week one performances and which teams do you foresee being the top four at the end of the season? It's funny. It's going to take us a whole lot of time to uh, get familiar with the fact that the top five make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess whoever said this. Yeah, oh, you're right. All right. Well, who's the top okay. five? We'll do the, yeah, we'll do the four and then one. If I'm going to guess about who misses out on playoffs based on week one, and I mean, like I said, I only watched the highlights from all the games. I didn't watch the whole games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just default say Vancouver probably doesn't make it because that's just an easy guess as, as, a, as an expansion side. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say York because I hate York. And I'm going to say Halifax because I hate Halifax. That's it. That's my, that's my picks. I, I hate that you just did that because <laughs> now I don't want to be like, and pick the same as Johnny. <laughs> Um, so you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change it up. I think that, I think that Halifax will almost make the playoffs, okay. but will miss out slightly. Okay. Um, York definitely won't make the playoffs cause they're shit. There you go. Um, and then I'm going to say, I think that Vancouver is going to pick up over the course yeah, of the season. Yeah. And I think I'm going to put Valor as a, as a neck and neck with Halifax, uh, but also both missing the playoffs. Well, there you go. Valor being the only other team uh, other than now Vancouver. That's a hot take, Who has though, never made on... the playoffs. <laughs> hey, no, it's, yeah, it's, hey, you go with history there. Valor's never made the playoffs. They have just been perpetually mid their entire existence, and now they're replaced by a new VFC, a newer, shinier VFC <laughs> with better shirts that everyone That's thinks true. is cooler. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the play. <laughs> this is the <laughs> yeah, part of the show point, where actually. we're just jerks. Yeah, yeah. Good mailbag. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, let's close that up. You know what? Thank you guys uh, for for a real hefty mailbag to open open the uh, After the Whistle mm-hmm. season four. This is good. That's been a good one. Um, I'd like to talk about the dub, but I think we kind of already did, and neither of us were there. So it looked rocking on the television. We, oh my we already, God, did it ever. We already gave the props to uh, to Eddie and to Billy. Uh, I want to yep. give the props to Bryce as well. I mean, you know, as the new interim president, he's also kind of basically continuing his role as being your match day official, match day officer. Um, his little sign that he's got going with the, oh, with the yeah, home, home goal tracker. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> it's like a flip chart with like it's a incredible. number of home goals that he holds it. And we yeah, need so it good. because we need to, uh, you know, if we get friggin' five games into the season when we still only got four or five home goals, we really need to start shaming our boys into scoring at home more. True facts. So I think it's exactly what we need. Um, all the pitches were incredible. It was everything that we could have hoped. I mean, 
Oh, also sh- sh- special shout out to Nathan Ingham for coming over and yeah. really just give- giving it to the guys in the pit. Um, yeah. I know Billy was over the moon with his photos with Nathan. Um, he said he gave him giant bro hugs. So um, as much as we love Nathan, we love you even more now. There you so go. keep we doing what you're you. doing. <laughs> but uh, it's amazing. To, it's amazing to see this thing keep growing because, I mean, it's easy to, no, it's to un- think un- that unreal. you have, you know, a really great season and all of a sudden things fade away. But um, this obviously is only sign showing signs of just continuing to get bigger so yeah and it, it, it's it's funny too because we were watching and and we were obviously watching on one soccer and the entire time you know the announcers are talking about the team and whatever and all they could talk about was was the fan support yeah. in ottawa which yeah. is amazing to hear yeah. and then even my wife was like you know they're like oh and then there's the oh, you know ollywood is in town and, blah, blah, blah. and yeah. my wife looked at me at one point she was like i can't believe you guys have come up with all of these ridiculous things that have just caught on and now they're talking about it on TV. Like, yeah, it's, it's a bunch of dumb shit that we just like organically came out of Dude, the dub. And amazing. like, you know, the, I, yeah, like, after, like, Ollie's, last after seat, Ollie's yeah. goal, when they literally, the camera just pointed at the Hollywood Tanned sign. Up to I was Hollywood, like, this yeah. is incredible. Like this is yeah, dreamland fairy tale stuff shit. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And last season when like, uh, and the fans are happy and Wally is happy. <laughs> Wally the, like, dinosaur the dinosaur <laughs> So, so you know what? Uh, hat, hats off, hats off. I know Johnny and I can't be in the dub uh, for the games, yeah. but honestly, hats off to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing, bringing it every single match. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's really good to see. You're honestly, the you're wherever the end, you are, wherever you're the, the envy are. of the league, and everyone. Oh my god, are they it. ever? And everyone, yeah. recognizes <laughs> it's amazing. It. Yeah. yeah, everyone hates <laughs> hates cargo ball, but goddamn, do they envy us? <laughs> they sure should too. <laughs> so speaking of. Little plugs at the end here. You, we, mm. the W section W ticket link is live on the website. If you want tickets in the dub, go to this uh, capitalcitysupporters.com and then the little W in the corner will bring you there. If you've only just started attending, I know that we we keep growing. We keep on growing. If yeah. you've only just started attending games in the dub or elsewhere, reach out to us, please, on social media because we want to get you involved with us. We want to be yeah, friends with part. you. We want you to be in our group chats. We want you yeah. to be involved in all of the things that we're cooking up, that we're working on. We please, You get to be privy to all the dank memes exactly. that we post. Please come into our group because we are welcoming everybody as a part of this amazing thing that we're just going to keep on. Yeah, we're going to let it ride, baby. We're going to let this grow again this season. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. It's going to be amazing. So, again, yes, if you just started attending games, DM us, message us, whatever. We're both on Twitter. Even just show up on on game day. Just go down and chat with exactly. chat with the folks at exactly. the front of the front of the dub. Someone will point you in the right direction. Get involved. Or, worst case, go talk to Eddie. Exactly. <laughs> the man with the megaphone. <laughs> I wouldn't say talking to Eddie is the worst case scenario, but <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> speaking of speaking of coming down and hanging with us, viewing parties at JCP all season long. We're doing it again this season. Any away game. Go to the GCP. There will be a whole contingent of CCSG people and oh, otherwise ATO fans watching the games at the Glebe Central Pub. We say C- uh, GCP as if everybody knows what it is. The Glebe Central Pub on Bank Street. That is the official home for soccer in Ottawa. That is the, G- uh, the, uh, the CCSG pub. All the And also this Wednesday, we're doing a viewing party there as well for the CanChamp. If you are not going yeah. on the road trip. Halifax rematch. Rematch in York. So also, if you are going on the road trip, though, check your emails because the tickets should be in there. And they're going to say the tickets are for York and Vancouver. That's just because it's a doubleheader. The tickets get you into both games. So if you're going on the road trip, boom, check your email. Tickets are there. If you're not, come to the viewing party. 
at the GCP. Um, if you're going, our supporters, along with the Halifax supporters, are also doing a very special demonstration. If you haven't seen any word about this on various social medias, um, reach out to us on you know DM, and then we'll uh, tell you the skinny. We'll point uh, you towards what it is that we're doing. Hot stove is back. Hot. We stove. talked a bit about the, the last one, which was a banger. Obviously, we had Fernando. It was on good. Hot stove. <laughs> Incredible. Like I said, who would have thought? Huh? Yeah, the CEO of the team is just like, I'm just going to go in yeah. with all these guys that shitpost about soccer yeah, all week and talk to them space. about the team. Incredible. Yeah. So so if you want to talk to the CEO, yeah. maybe he'll turn up. There Who knows? Go. We've had players on there. Oh, We've yeah, had ex-players on there. Hell so. yeah. Um, so the first edition was incredible. Um, it is obviously back before every home game. There's two episodes this week because we got a doubleheader coming up. The next hot stove yeah, will be on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. in anticipation of the Wednesday CanChamp game. And then on Friday at 9 p.m., we will have a hot stove in anticipation of the Saturday game away at Valor. So make sure you check up on those. We've got new merch designs in the shop. There's some really nice. funny ones there. Um, I think there's like ones, there's a shut up Joey one in there that Joey absolutely <laughs> Shut <adores>. up, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and as usual, get your season tickets. As we said, season tickets have been up 35%, which is incredible, and it's only going to get bigger. So just get on this train, baby. There's always time to get yeah, on this choo train. Yeah, choo-choo. <laughs> choo-choo. Patty, it's fucking amazing to be back here, dude. We it's just, been real, man. We just rock like a two-hour-long uh, debut <laughs> opening episode, yeah, yeah. and I loved every second. Hell yeah. It's it's 2.30 in the morning, and i got to be up for work at 6.30, so I'll be up in four. <laughs> you are insane, my brother. The dedication that but this man puts in the you know what? It's it's this team, it's the culture, and it's it's what I love. So, um, yeah, you know what? One one draw, not what we wanted to see, but I think all of us, I speak for Johnny and I for sure, uh, as well as, uh, you know, like I said, the cast and crew of mm-hmm. <laughs> you After the Whistle, uh, that we're excited to see what this team has in store. We're excited to see what Carlos is building for us. That's right. Uh, and, and it's only the beginning of season five of the Canadian Premier League and our season as Atletico Ottawa. That's right, baby. A-T-O-R-Go. It's only up from here. Let's do it. Boys, follow us at Lenny.